You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Big Sills! Yes, sir! It is a football Tuesday. Dude, how about that now? Every day is a football day now, right? Football Friday? Football Thursday, football Saturday, Sunday, Monday, now Tuesday when you have Monday night. Doubleheader last night, too. I didn't give a shit about the second game. I only cared about Eagles and Bucks. Um, hey, by the way, want to get it going right out of the gate here. You get an opportunity at winning yourself some gift certificates with our great friends at Hooters. Tone is going to put out a code word. And you'll see it throughout the entire show. All you have to do is email us, dancilioshow at gmail.com. You see that code word? You put all your info on there, you get an opportunity to be a winner like Patrick and Edgardo and our winners from this week. And we'll do this Tuesday through Friday. We so look forward to you doing this. And it's been a grand slam You'll see that code word, and all you have to do is email. I also want to get the guest out of the way. Meryl Reese will join us at 3.30 Eastern time at the bottom of the hour. The legendary voice of the Philadelphia Eagles and the creator of the NFL on Fox. It's the 30th anniversary, and he also created Fox Sports. His name is David Hill. He's been on the program before. He's the man that hired John Madden and the NFL on Fox to number one pregame show in all National Football League history. NFL on Fox, the creator of it, Rupert Murdoch himself. <laughs> I love that code word. By the way, Tush Push, one of my favorite plays. One of my favorite plays in NFL history. I, I just, it's like the sky hook. You can't stop it. It's amazing. So, tremendous. So that's there for you. We got a pack show. For you, Joe Theismann will join us this week, too. We'll talk a little commanders. Anything that I say here, always put this in proper context. 3-0. Okay? 3-0. And then everything else fills in after that, when I say that. And my perception of my takeaways from last night. Going to get to that here in a minute. I personally think the story so far in these three games has been Sean Desai. He has been an upgrade from Jonathan Gannon. I'll say this to you too. There is no question about it. Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis are the two best tandem defensive tackles 
in the National Football League. And Jordan Davis has made a leap in his career almost the same amount of length that Jalen Hurts made from his first year to his second year. We'll see how the war of attrition plays out, though. But so far, these guys have been a dominant force. There's no getting around that. You know, even the Eagles, and, and, and I'm going to make this point to you too. I think the greatest thing ever happened to Jordan Davis is Jalen Carter. I think them drafting him and bringing him into Philadelphia has turned his career into something that the Eagles were kind of worried about where he wasn't a three-down lineman. They even thought that. Not just me, everyone and that organization did not look at him coming off of that year last year as a three-down D-lineman. Not even the D-line coach. So now, here's a player that's upped his game, and he's playing better. Great. Good for him. Josh Sweat continues to improve. I actually saw a Nolan Smith siding. There was some linebacker play. Reed Blankenship was good. Okay, they did a nice job. By the way, again, they did a great, that to me, once again, this is not about, the Jalen Hurts had really nothing to do with that win last night. This is about the side, the defense, and the run game. Okay, but for the quarterback not to have any kind of, Dan Marino would go ballistic. If the coaches had said that to him and done that to him, he would have went ballistic. That's why he never won. He would have went ballistic. If Marino was having a four interception day, he'd still be throwing the passes instead of running the ball. That's who he is. But Hertz is not with ego. Hey, we're going to run the ball. Okay. Jordan Davis looks like a three-down motor all of a sudden. Absolutely. Dude, he's all of a sudden fantastic for him. Absolutely. I'll say this to you, and, and, and again, I want, before I start here, I want to ask you, you know what? I'm going to save that. I'm going to get to my takeaways. I'm going to get to my takeaways. Bucks defense had a great game. They were tough. They were tough at the point of attack. They run to the ball. They did a nice job. The pass defense also did a nice job. Um, the run defense, they were absolutely, for a third straight game, excellent in the run defense. Second straight game, the Eagles ran for over 200 yards, have become definitely um, a one-dimensional football team as of the first three games. You're one-dimensional. And by the way, your target radius and your target ratio proves that. Last night, one guy was targeted. One guy in your passing game was targeted. The rest of them, they were not. Hey, Jay Brown, every game you're seeing that now, it's a one target, which is one read. That's who this guy is. There's no team in the National Football League with any of those high-powered quarterbacks in it that runs the ball more than throws the ball. 
This is a passing league. I'll say to you again, you'll never win a Super Bowl this way. You'll win a lot of games, and I'll prove a point to you on that. You will never win a Super Bowl with that offense in its current state. You'll never win one. Um, Carter and Davis are becoming a force. 40 rushing attempts. DeAndre Swift for a second straight game, which now even goes to the point, um, which is insane, how he didn't touch the ball in game one. Crazy, 130 yards. Um, AJ had nine catches for 131. One guy in the offensive passing game. As for Hertz, 23 of 37, 277, a 62 quarterback rating, two interceptions. He's three touchdowns and three INTs on the year. Um, the offensive line absolutely did their job. Now, I'm going to make a point to you here, and I'm going to get to the numbers here of the game, too. How many people, can I tell you who you guys are? But maybe a little bit more winning. You're the Ravens. You're the Ravens. How about Evans putting up 150 on us? You're 20 and one. You're not 20 and one. Because you got to tell the full story. You're not 20 and one in his starting time as a quarterback for the Eagles. He's 26 and 11. He's won 70.27% of his games. Lamar Jackson is 73%, 47 of 64 games. He actually has a higher win percentage than Jalen Hurts does. And do you think that that offense and that team in Baltimore is going to be a Super Bowl champion? They're one-dimensional. He wins seven. He wins more than Hurts. He wins more than Hurts. Does anybody think Lamar Jackson's winning a Super Bowl? Yes or no? He's won seven, almost 74% of his games. For some reason, Eagle fans forgot the two and five start. You know, I, I, I don't forget that with Lamar Jackson. You got to tell the entire story. So if you don't think he's going to win a Super Bowl and he wins more. Now, I'll say this. Well, he's not in a better organization. He's not. They're pretty compatible. Ravens and Eagles are pretty compatible. It's a pretty good organization. Eric DeCosta has done a nice job. Okay? Do you, you're going to win a lot of regular season games is my point like the Ravens. That's not a team that's going to win a Super Bowl one-dimensional. Running a ball 40 times? What are you, the Miami Dolphins of the 70s? That's why Mahomes beat you. Let me ask you this one. Are you better this year than last year? Do you think you're a better football team this year than last year? I don't, not at all. I, you're not, I don't think you're better. Last year, he got out of the gate great. Jalen Hurts was spectacular in that second game of the season against Minnesota. 
He was spectacular. There's nothing spectacular going on about that offense right now. There's nothing spectacular. Dallas Goddard is a non-factor. Okay? Through three games? Okay, let's do this. Do you think you're as good as this team was through three games last year? Okay, I'll put it in a micro here like Tone just did. You think that team is better? Do you guys? I do not. Okay, let's look at the numbers. You think your defense is better? First downs, Bucks held the 12. Eagles 27. Total plays, once again, domination because of the run game. Nothing to do with the pass game. They almost give up on the passing game. Hertz was missing passes all night long. All night long. Had a couple good throws. 78 to 44. Only reason you do that is because you're one-dimensional in your running attack. That's not a Super Bowl offense. Not close. Last year was. They didn't know what to think. Throwing the ball around a yard, running the ball. You were multifaceted. The quarterback was doing everything right. Dude, that interception between the wide receiver and they're not you're not even on the same page. 277 passing to 133. Did a really good job there. 41 yards rushing to 201. You're a run team. That's it. You're not a passing team. Got one target, two turnovers, and time of possession again shows you why that football team. And again, I'll, I'll give them credit for one thing. They're making sure they're going to their strength right now. Their strength is not Jalen Hurts throwing the ball. Their strength is running the ball. What am I missing? Remember, I started the show off by saying you're 3-0. and You see, the Cowboys are 2-1 and because they can't overcome their deficiencies. And there's too many voices in the locker room. The Eagles at least know who they are. The, what I take away between the Cowboys and the Eagles in three weeks, Dallas gets frustrated quick. Philly doesn't. Okay, we're not really doing well. This is a plus. You know who you are. And if you see something not working, you're quick to adjust. Dallas can't. Dallas can't. And they get frustrated because of poor coaching. That's the complete difference. And you, and by the by the way, you're not better than San Francisco. That's we got our top 10 teams and our top 10 quarterback list today. You're not better than San Fran right now. Three games, we're into the season now. I don't hear anything about three games. We're into the season now. This is we're into the season. That shit's behind us now. We are now going into the final football game of the quarter pole. That's enough of that. And okay, now you're going into your fourth week still trying to figure out your offense. Okay. 
I don't care about three games anymore. We're now going on to the fourth week. Okay? With the passing offense being up and down, it's important for the Eagles to dominate time of possession and dominate in the trenches. Super Bowl offenses are developed over the course of a season. The Eagles are have all the pieces. Rust is no longer the excuse. They just got to find a rhythm. But they've never but here's the problem with that style of play. It's a one-target offense. It's a one-target offense. He's not going to have here. The one thing Mahomes does or Allen or any of these other guys, you know how they beat you? They beat you by spreading you out. How can a team with Juju Smith-Schuster and other dudes and Kelsey beat a team with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith on it and Dallas Goddard? Dallas Goddard is a non-factor. I'll say this to you. The most explosive offensive football player right now is DeAndre Swift. Okay, the rest of them have not really. The the defense has been the story so far. With all the missing pieces. Hey, and by the way, I looked it up this morning. What's the number? T.J. Edwards is second in the NFL in tackles, and Kaiser White's tenth. I mean, those guys are good players too. Okay. First, you rode Dallas. Now the Niners. Okay, because the Niners are playing better ball. Let me ask you this. Have you played an opponent better than the Steelers? Have you played an opponent better than the Steelers? New England? We'll see this week. Be a good test. Be a good test because they have the Cowboys. Personally, they're going to take a page out of what Jonathan Gannon did. And I think they're going to run the ball right at them. Okay? Steelers are 2-1 also. Personally, I think the Steelers are okay. I don't think they're great. That's not a Super Bowl AFC championship contending team. I don't think that at all. So again, according to you, the Bucs were top five defense. And remember, I prefaced it by saying yesterday at the top of what I said, that you guys were a different animal. They took on the Vikings and they took on the Bears. The Eagles would be a different roster. You're not listening. You're making a narrative up. I told you this was a different group than what they had faced. It'll be a good test for them. And I still believe they are. Yes. Okay. Yes. Most of you don't listen. Listen, I'll say it one more time to you. That offense is not a Super Bowl offense. Currently. Are the Bucks better than the Steelers? I, I, I don't know. They could be com- they could be compatible because Baker Mayfield and Kenny Pickett, I don't know, flip a coin. 
I, I don't, I don't, I mean, I look at Mayfield, more experienced, maybe better. Okay. I guess. I think, I think it's kind of, I, I do think TJ Watts and their defense is a little bit better. And the 49ers destroyed them. Okay. And you can talk all about, well, the score doesn't really indicate. That just shows your ineptness to get the ball in the end zone because you can't throw it. The Bucks defense is better. I mean, the Bucks defense is better according to Tone. Um, probably, probably because again, that's a Super Bowl. Ch- I would probably go there. Okay, I would probably go there because the Bucks did win a Super Bowl with that group. Okay, I'd probably. Okay, but the Bucs have no run game. Steelers have a, a, a resemblance of a run game. Okay? They do. So I would say this to you. After, okay, here we are into the season now. The problem with Hurts, once again, is that he struggles reading defenses. It's evident. It's, when you watch him play, you're never going to beat anyone for a Super Bowl with that guy playing quarterback. You're never going to win in Baltimore with Lamar winning that style. You're just not. Running the ball 40 times, you think is a remedy for Super Bowl champions? Show me a team in the last 30 years that has done that. Let me think. Brady, Brady's team that won that game 14-7, I don't know how many rushing yards they had. You're never going to win a Super Bowl with that style of play. Okay? If you don't get that thing balanced, you're never going to win. I don't care what you guys think. You are never in today's NFL going to win a Super Bowl with that style of play. It's just not happening. Okay? You got to have more balance. You got to have more balance. So if you have Lane Johnson go down, your season's over. Not your quarterback. Is that what you're saying? Think about what you're saying. If Lane Johnson or Kelsey goes down, you have no shot to win the Super Bowl. Not if your quarterback goes down. So the most valuable player on the team are the center and tackle compared to the quarterback. I see. Okay? Never win. Never win with that style. Baltimore will never win, and they win more than you. You're going to win a ton of regular season games. But when you get into the playoffs, it's like, can I tell you what this is a comparison to? This is a comparison to when you have a whole – this is a prime – I'll tell you exactly who the Eagles are. They're the Phillies. Going to put up a lot of offensive numbers, a lot of home runs, get into the postseason. What's going to be their undoing? Pitching. Phillies will never win a World Series with that team they have this year. You know why? It's been that way for two decades. Pitching. Minor league system, not developing arms. You know why the Braves are superior to the Phillies? They, They invest in arms. They don't go out and get Bryce Harper. 
They draft arms. Jalen played three of the best defensive minds. Congratulations. Welcome to the NFL. Congratulations. Mahomes plays those guys every week. He plays great people every week. I don't want to I mean, guys, never in a million years will that offense right now in its current state win the NFC. Never happen. And you're not better than you were a year ago. You were actually playing better last year. Getting ready to get into the second part of the season. Or the second quarter poll of the year. Okay? Eagles still playing jabroni quarterbacks. And you know what? Uh, that, that, that's, that I don't hang my hat on. I don't, I, don't, I don't go there with that. The Eagles don't sit there and go, we'll play them and we won't play. This ain't like a college head coach picking his schedule on what bums to play and what bums not to play. It's, it's a computer-generated thing, I think, in Park Avenue that picks your schedule. So if they they got a bunch of good quarterbacks coming up. Now they caught a break with the Jets. Okay? But again, catching a break, good. That's not the Eagles problem that the quarterback went down in New York, New York. It's called the NFL. Oh, so I that injuries are not excuses. It's part of the evaluation of your season. Don't you understand that? Well, they lost this guy. Well, guess what? Did you not account for that, that someone could get hurt? Because if you're not, you don't understand the NFL. There's not 100 guys on scholarship in Philly. Okay? It's not, it's, that's not one of the better, um, actually, if you think about it, the offenses in the NFC that are better, Um. There's no doubt here. What what makes Philly good on offense is the fact they are so dominant running the ball. I mean, again, it's a one-dimensional passing offense, and it's a one-dimensional offense right now. Look at the targets. Look at the targets for the first three games. One guy gets them. What's that mean? One read. There's not a distribution of throwing the ball around. Looks like the O aren't on the same page. Um, I would say this to you, not on the same page. So what's Jalen? No, no, no. Here, let's, let's back this up here. Patrick Mahomes last year said what? Hey, I'm still learning how to read. And this was after he signed that $48 million contract. Mahomes is still learning. Why wouldn't you think Hertz is still learning? Why, why are you in such a rush to name this guy an elite player when the top player in the sport is going, I'm still learning. I didn't know how to read a defense till I got to KC. We were able also to take teams by surprise. Hey, hey Tom, can you please put that super chat up? Um, you're not 20 and one. You're 26 and 11 under Hertz. Stop doing that. It's like taking eight pages of a book out and reading the ones you want to read the most. You're 26 and 11. Like the same way that Lamar Jackson is 47 and 17. 
That's who you are. Okay? Hurts is 26 and 11. Did he not quarterback that two and five team? Oh, okay. Well, let's just go from here. Yeah, and you had the biggest L on the entire docket. The one loss. During the regular season is Washington, who's coming up this week. And again, Washington, Sam Howell, okay. We'll see. They got good coaching. They got good coaching. There's nobody in here in their right mind thinks that that offense is a Super Bowl offense. Nobody in their right mind. And if you do think that, I'm not going to debate you really. Because you could talk to anybody. You're not going to win a game running the ball 40 times in a Super Bowl. You're not. All a team has to do on you with a great quarterback is do exactly. You, you don't have comeback capability. And you know what else? Don't have a team get a 14-point lead on you with Mahomes or Allen or any of them guys. It's going to take you 10 minutes just to get down the field. Don't you understand that those quarterbacks can throw their teams out of trouble and into a lead? Yours can't. That's why those teams and those high-tech quarterbacks beat you all the time. Look, again... Look at the look, look at the good ones that beat you, and then look at the ones that you beat. Those guys aren't going to throw their teams out of trouble. We're going to find out how good everything is when we get into the meat of the schedule. And you got Mahomes, hey, and you guys can keep shitting on Dak all you want. Okay, beat him. Beat him. You think you're better? You haven't proven that. Not against Dallas. And you guys are looking at the Cardinal game. Okay, sure, keep doing that. You have not proven any time in the last, what, since 19, that you can beat Prescott. You got a chance this year. You guys think you're so great? We'll find out. See, that's the beautiful thing again about it. It's so early in the season right now. I will say this, Sean Desai has been the story. He has been the story of this, of this Eagle start. I have been utterly impressed with the amount of new faces he has had. And on top of that, what he's done and Tracy Rocker with those two defensive tackles. Last night, man got back in at 4 a.m. this morning, and he was down in Tampa, and he witnessed it. The legendary voice of the Philadelphia Eagles, he is our friend Merrill Reese. Merrill, I'll tell you what. Appreciate it. Merrill, you there? Hopefully we can bring Merrill up here, Tone. Let's see if we can. We're going to get you here in a second here. Um, let's see if we can get him up here. See if Tone's there with us. Tone, we got, it, Tone, can you bring Merrill up? Let's see here. Let's see if we can bring him up here. We're, he came in. He, Merrill, Merrill, last night he goes. Let's see if we can end up doing this here. And 
bringing them up here. Um, so hopefully we're able to do this and we're able to get Merrill Reese up here with us and get his takeaway. And I'll say it one more time. I think Sean Desai has been the absolute storyline here. And there he is right now, our here friend Merrill Reese. Hey, Merrill, how are you, my friend? I'm fine, Dan. Fine. Merrill, you have to say it, man. I mean, Jordan Davis, Jalen Carter. They have been the storyline so far in the first start of this season here for the Eagles. What a, what a, what a great looking duo those two guys have been. Yeah, and it's not just them, Dan, because because they are, they're so tough to run against. I mean, when they lined up, when the uh, Bucks lined up at the one yard line last night or the half yard line, I knew. I never felt so sure that we were about to see a safety. There was no way they could run out of that end zone. No way. And the only chance they had was if, if Mayfield had done some, some kind of a sprint out and threw a short pass. But he was not able to set them deep and get them out of the end zone because the Eagles hit them five yards deep. Merrill, do you think that this 2023 offense and defensive line, do they have the same similarities maybe of a year ago and also that 17 team where you're just seeing – I mean – Hey, by the way, the guy that's really going under the radar too, Merrill, is Josh Sweat. He continues to get better and better each and every single week. He's good. He he. Well, it, but you, when you have two guys like that inside, it it makes everybody better. I mean, uh, you were friends with Jerome Brown, but once upon a time, I, I I went into the office of Bud Carson, who I still think is the greatest defensive coordinator I've ever known. And I went into his office and I said to him, I talked about Reggie and Clyde. And he said, listen, Reggie is amazing. And Clyde is a great player. But they are set up by what Jerome Brown is doing inside. How he is crushing the pocket and changing the whole look of the quarterback they were going after. So it's the same thing. When you have that force, and, and I mean force with a capital F, Going inside, it sets up everything else. Merrill, do you agree, and I said this to open the show today, that maybe the greatest thing ever happened to Jordan Davis is the drafting of Jalen Carter because, I mean, it's like it's inspired him in a way. And I know this is a different role than he had last year on being a substitute. Now he's being asked to be a starter. But doesn't it look like those two guys are just kind of like ping-ponging off of one another and to me, he, he's been an influence, I think, on Jordan Davis's play as Jalen Carter. Well, I, I think so. However, I also believe that Jordan Davis would have been better anyhow because, number one, he was a rookie last year, and then he suffered a high ankle sprain, which, and you know how they linger, and, and then he also suffered a concussion. So he had those injuries that set him back. So I think he still would have been a star this year but this makes him a more effective player. Have you been impressed with Sean Desai? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's very, very bright. The proof is what we're seeing. When when you see a team really completely manhandle the Bucks' offense last night, and I think Baker Mayfield's a pretty good quarterback. I think Baker Mayfield is underrated by a lot of people. He's a leader. He moves well. He throws well. I think he's a good quarterback. I do. And he, there was nothing he could do last night. Nothing. Have you been surprised with the play of DeAndre Swift? I, yes and no. I thought he was good. I thought he was electric. I, I didn't realize he was this good. 
So I'm impressed, absolutely impressed. He's amazing. But the the only the only thing, and I I hesitate a little bit because I, I I worry a little bit about DeAndre Swift because he has not played a full season. He's had injuries that have come up that have kept him down to eight or nine games in a season. So, but if DeAndre Swift is healthy, he is he is pure devastation to a defense. He's he's now you see him now you don't. I watched the uh, the workouts this summer. They had the combined workouts with the Browns, and I stood on the sideline and watched them with Brian Westbrook. And Brian Westbrook said to me, "This guy is amazing. He is a great great player." And you know it takes one to know one. Hey, he he absolutely has been playing great these last two weeks here. Um, let me get to Hertz here. Um, kind of um, a C-plus kind of game, and they're throwing a lot more things at him. You hear even AJ and Goddard even saying things that we're seeing a whole lot of different things now. Just give me your overall sense and how you think he's playing right now because, again, um, it just doesn't look – they look a little one-dimensional right now just by the carries too, Merrill. 40 carries, they're not throwing the ball really effectively at a 62 QBR last night, one target. It was really AJ. What was his passer rating last night? 62.5. Not his quarterback rating, his passer rating. Oh, I think it was 71, something like that, 74. Well, it was the interception. Yeah, but, because of the two picks. Yeah, that, that happens, the two interceptions. But you know what? I think he's fine. I, last week, people were saying, well, he wasn't that good. He only had a 98 rating, but he was 18 for 23. And he had the long touchdown pass to Devontae Smith. But he had a pass in the corner of the end zone to uh, A.J. Brown that was called back by a, a questionable holding penalty. And then he had another perfect pass to A.J. Brown, which he would have caught in stride, except the defender pulled his arms down, blatant interference, which was not flagged. So, But I think oh, Jalen Hurts is throwing this well. The one difference I noticed uh, it, I think they're they're paying more attention to him at the line of scrimmage. They're not giving him daylight with which to maneuver. And the other thing I've seen is last night, for example, late in the game, uh, they needed one more play, and he faked the handoff in and, and took a naked boot out to the left around the corner. And there was no doubt that he could have bulled his way to the first down and instead, he just went into a, a textbook slide and gave himself up a yard or two short. And I think he's been instructed, no taking on linebackers. Live to play the next day. He is not throwing his body around on running plays. And I think it's very, very smart because it's so easy. We're, we're, I mean, I just, look, yesterday. I, I, I agree. These, these quarterbacks go down left and right. Uh, Burrow is playing hurt. I saw where Garoppolo, uh, they didn't even know it, but he has a concussion. They're not sure where he got it. But this team needs Jalen Hurts for 17-plus games. I'll, I'll say this to you too, Merrill. I noticed it in the New, in the, uh, New England game where he was pre-sliding. And to yes. me, I wonder, and again, you know, you know when, when you do that, and listen, I, I'm not saying that he's playing tentative. I'm saying that there's a little bit more conservative yes. thought process going into the attack 
And could that be kind of slowing it down a little bit? Because like you say, I'm not going to use the phrase business move. And you're right. They need him for 17 weeks. I don't, I don't want to have him go and do the, the reckless play of Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson. They're trying to avoid that kind of stuff. And I, and I completely get that. But I wonder if that's kind of like bleeding in a little bit with some of the maybe poor throws that we've seen in the first three weeks. Yeah, but there have also been some great throws. Uh, there, there have. There have been a couple of drops last night, and A.J. Brown is great. But he dropped one near the sideline that was in his breadbasket. And then there was one for a touchdown in the end zone where he leap, leaped up and and 999 times out of 1,000, he comes down with that football. Last night, he dropped it. I don't know if it was the rain because Mike Evans dropped a bunch of balls last night, too, and he's a phenomenal receiver. Reed Blankenship's play, um, does it shock you, surprise you? Because oh. he, he, he's really been playing well. He's so instinctive. He's at the right place. He he anticipated that ball coming near him. He's he's really good. That tells you that tells you all you need about the, you need to know about the the lack of of the expertise that sometimes pops up in the draft. Here's the guy who went through a whole draft, never never drafted, and yet he had a great career at Middle Tennessee State, and the Eagles picked him up as an undrafted free agent, and he's going to be a star. Your favorite team's coming up, Washington. <laughs> well, it's not the team. It was the owner, and he's longer than And as a matter of fact, I consider their head coach a friend, Ron Rivera. We've we've hit the little white ball round together. He's Ron Rivera is a great guy, and he's a really, really good coach. And as long as it doesn't affect the Eagles, I, I don't mind seeing him win. In, in when they're not playing the Eagles, when they're when they're not going to they're not going any place deep this year. So I, I I'd like to see Ron keep his job because I think he's a great man. So let me ask you this: Is it the pregame meal you hate, or just the booth you work in? Oh, it, 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 I don't eat once I get to the stadium. That's number one. I'm too nervous. <laughs> I, I eat until after the game, and um, <laughs> I, I I well I shouldn't tell you the story. Please do. Because it's the worst booth in the world. <laughs> well, let me tell you what else is terrible is, is Hard Rock in Miami. That's awful. It. They changed our booth, and now a third of the a third of the stadium we can't see. So we have to call it up the monitor. But you know how awful that dump in Landover is. It. It's horrible. So to get back, uh, me... <laughs> And Mike Quick, I can tell you this because it's not the same owner, and I don't think Josh Harris listens. Um, we, we, me, and Mike, uh, Mike Quick, and our spotter Joe McPeak, our, our statistician Joe McPeak, and our producer uh, spotter Billy Warndell, when we leave the stadium after the broadcast, we go down the hall first, and we sneak into the into the box where Daniel Snyder's never there, but his friends are eating wonderful food. And we act like we're one of them and go through and get the crab cake and the things we want and say, take that, Daniel, and then we leave. Fantastic, man. Hey, did you enjoy yourself at Raymond James? That's supposed to have a nice uh, setup there. Did you like it? Yeah, it's a great place. It's it's a fun stadium. It's Absolutely. an old stadium, and some of the amenities aren't very good. But it's And the booth is a little bit cramped, but I don't care. I mean, we have good sight lines, and it's a 
fun stadium and they have the the pirate ship in the end zone, you know, beyond the end zone and the fans are great. Although, you know what? A third of those fans were wearing Kelly Green. I heard them. I heard them. I I hey, I thought it I thought it was Lincoln Financial South. Okay? Mm-hmm. I thought it was Lincoln Financial South. Couple last questions for you here, Merrill. You think this team at 3 and 0 is better than last year's 3 and 0 team? Yes. Really? Yes. Why? Yes. Why? Because I don't think they had the defensive front that they have now. Yeah, they're better, right? When you when you add Jay, well, I'll give you two people who weren't there: Jalen Carter and DeAndre Swift, two guys that you focused on tonight. One was a lion, and the other was a bulldog. So, you know, are they better because of those two? Yeah, yeah, they they really are, and they have some bright young people who have yet to really hit the spotlight, like Nolan Smith. And Sidney Brown, these are good players. These are really good players. They didn't have Alameda Zacchaeus last year. He's he's going to make a mark on this team. So, yeah, they didn't have Rashad Penny, who hasn't played that much, but he will. Um, they're, they're good. They're, they're really, really good. But, but I say that with my fingers crossed because – Injuries can absolutely wreck a season. And none of us know. And it's not only being smart. More than anything else, Dan, it's luck. This team goes through pains to keep everybody healthy. They don't tackle or hit during the preseason. They don't let the regulars get too close to the sideline. And yet, all it takes is a wrong step in the wrong direction. I'm not crying for Dallas, but, <laughs> but I I understand. I feel for those guys because when you lose somebody like Diggs, uh, that's tough. That's really tough because he's he's the star. He's the star of the that that deep secondary. And you know this too, Merrill. When you look at the Jets, I mean, as you as you said, I mean, Merrill, if you just did this in Kansas City. If they lose that quarterback in Kansas City, they're a five-win football team, as but great you know as Andy Reid is. You're right, but you know what? Um, I honestly believe this. Um, it's a shame that Aaron Rodgers went down because I'd like to see the Jets win. I like Joe Douglas. He was here. He's a great man. But I want to tell you, if Aaron Rodgers hadn't gotten hurt in week one, he probably would have gotten hurt in week two or week three. That's a bad offensive line. They can't protect the quarterback. They they really can't. They have they have real problems right there, and uh, I I think that Howie Roseman really and the Eagles' whole philosophy is build from the lines out, offensive line, defensive line. I'd rather have a great offensive line and an average quarterback than a great quarterback and an offensive line who just about can't keep the enemy at bay. That's the key. Those lines are the keys. Now. When you have a great line like the Eagles and you have a great quarterback, then you have high expectations. I'll tell you, I I was looking forward to the Kansas City game this year and the Cowboy game this year, but Merrill, I, I got to tell you, man, I think the game I'm circling is that Miami game. I, I mean, between the two Alabama quarterbacks, I, I can't wait. Tua looks like Mahomes. 
I mean, health is an issue with him, obviously. But, I mean, they put up 70 points, Merrill, without Jalen Waddell. I mean, it was one of the most incredible offensive displays I've ever seen by a kid. And I'll tell you what, that guy's made a difference. Look what good coaching does, right, Merrill, to a kid? I mean, but hey, Brian Flores, we love him as a defensive-minded guy. But then they bring Mike McDaniel in. Tua Tagovailoa looks like a completely different guy right now. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, the Eagles are Eagles offense will start to click because Brian Johnson is another outstanding coach, their offensive coordinator. How about speaking of that? How about both offensive coordinators, Shane Steichen and Jonathan Gannon, both getting wins with their teams this past upset wins. I like Steichen. I'm still I mean, I guess people got off the bus for Gannon in Arizona because they ran the ball on Dallas. For 222 yards, Merrill. I mean, right down their throat and right at um uh what, what's his name? Um the the 11. I mean, they ran right at him. Micah Parsons, I was stunned on how they blew them off the ball like that. Well, JG knows what he's doing. Believe me, he is a very, very smart coach. Don't be misled by a couple of early season losses. And I'm not saying they're going anywhere this year. But but he's smart. And if here's the big if. If ownership, if ownership gives him what he needs. See, Billy Davis, who was a, a linebacker coach and a defensive coordinator, said to me years ago when he was on uh, the Kelly staff, he said, if I ever get a chance to be a head coach, I hope I have an owner like Jeffrey Lurie. Because all Jeffrey Lurie does is say yes. If his coach wants something, if his coach, the Eagles have 28 assistant coaches. If anything the coach wants, he gets as long as he can prove that it's going to re- uh, result in more wins. But, but let me tell you, Jeffrey Lurie is a great owner, and it all starts at the very, very top. And, you know, this, the ownership groups in both Arizona, Indianapolis, They've they've had their problems over the years. Finally, here, Merrill. Um, I said this to you before. Um, this guy right here, and like you, you even brought it up, Jerome Brown, my my dear friend. I I I just see the same similarities with Jalen Carter, and I said it on draft day. I thought he had all the intangibles to be that kind of impactful guy. Um, boy, I I, I tell you, he's a little bigger than Jerome. Jerome was about six two and a half. This kid's about 6'4". Mm-hmm. Um, he's bigger. Like, I think he's like 320. Jerome was around 316, 313, 310. Buddy liked him around 305. So, I mean, he's just a bigger Jerome, in my opinion. Well, I, I told you my Jerome story, right, when I had him to do a show with me at the Broadway restaurant bar that after the show and we have dinner there if we wanted he said i'll take mine and he ordered four corned beef and two roast beef sandwiches i said you're going back to watch monday night football you have some friends coming over he said no these are for me (laughs) (laughs) he worked very hard at getting bigger hey buddy used to get in his ass he used to find him big time when he was he'd come in overweight and it used to drive buddy nuts and it, I mean, he would come in there 350, 3, 320, or he'd, he'd call me up and go, I'm on a bike. I'm in a sweat room. Why? I go, because Ryan shows up at 630 every morning for weigh in for me. <laughs> that was quite a group, right? 
you know, he, he loved Buddy. He really oh, loved Oh, he totally him. loved him. Loved him. Loved <laughs> him. Uh, my, my other thing was, my other Jerome memory was <laughs> we they they had to wear, they had, the Buddy insisted that if you were on the road trip, it was a business trip and you had to wear a tie and jacket. And it's 108 degrees in August and we're going someplace and we're on the plane and set to go and there's no Jerome. No, Jerome. And I can still remember the buddies saying, start the engines. And we're set to go. And all of a sudden, you see a big Ford Bronco running into the parking lot, out jumps Jerome, leaves the doors open, runs up to the plane, gets onto the plane. And there is Jerome wearing a tie and jacket, carrying two big buckets of fried chicken and no shirt. No shirt. <laughs> but the tie around his neck, <laughs> and that big smile. <laughs> oh, he was he was a riot. Or the other time at training camp, when the uh, they they would report to Westchester, and and there was a big dorm where all the players started and as stayed, and you had to be in check in was four o'clock first day of training camp, and all the mothers and the kids. We're on the lawn waiting for the players to come in so they could see them and get autographs. So it's about three minutes or four and no Jerome. And all of a sudden you hear this boom box blasting from a block away. And Jerome pulls up. He doesn't have time to park. So he steps up, parks on the lawn of the dorm, gets out, stands on the hood, and as loud as he can possibly loud, say it, he yells, bleep, Westchester. <laughs> Merrill, I know you flew in this morning really early. It is always spectacular when you jump on our program. Thank you so much for our friendship. By the way, I want you to know something. A lot of people don't notice out there, and so... I'll tell you here, man, our friend Angelo Cataldi's got uh, COVID right now. So he, yeah, he's okay. He's okay. Doctors are saying he's okay right now, but a lot of folks don't know that out there right now. So we've been checking on him every now and then. And he says he's doing really well. I just know that you like him very much and you guys were having a very good relationship. Angelo was a, was a great morning man. He was the, he was the star of WIP. Absolutely. And you are the star of the Eagle broadcast and you have a great team and we thank you. So, Hey, Merrill, we thank you so much. I mean, I know you, I I consider myself part of the Eagles broadcast crew. Mike Quick does a great job too. Mike Quick's a wonderful, wonderful color analyst. The whole thing is just spectacular to listen to. It just really is. It's a great story. And you know what, you know what, Merrill, you're very fair on the air. I'm honest. No, you're very fair. I mean, hey, how about your special teams? Well, we didn't talk about that, but I want to tell you something. Two years ago, I used to stay up late on Saturday nights just so I could watch Utah play because I loved to watch their return man slash wide receiver, Britton Covey. And, you know, he he hardly he, – he had a fight to make the roster this year. Yeah, he's but, been on and off like the practice squad the last that, couple But that, that was actually just – it didn't mean anything. They put him on the practice squad knowing that they had three weeks where they didn't have to use the roster spot. They could protect him. 
So the, that was in the plans all along. But he had a fight because, you know, he counts as a wide receiver. But anyhow, he's he's tremendous. It's Mark my words, it's, it's not going to be many more weeks before you see him take one to the house. He has instincts. He's got speed. He's got quickness. And he's, he's fearless. Britton Covey, he will... He, he is the best punt returner they've had since Darren Sproles. You think your punting team was upgraded? No shade on anybody, Merrill, but do you think your your punt team was upgraded a little bit? Because I, I, I thought it was pretty good last night. Oh, it was very good last night. Very good last night. Michael Clay, you talk about the two coordinators. Michael Clay is the special teams coordinator, and he's he's very sharp also. They're good. They're really, really good. But but Covey, uh, boy, he, he really – and even on the free kick after the safety, he took that back half the field. Just really good. The whole, yep. Was, was a was a good win against a really good coordinator, especially Brian uh, Flores the week before. Then he got Todd Bowles last night. And then he had Belichick in week one. So on to Washington now. Yep, on to Washington. Thank you, Merrill. Appreciate it, my friend. On to play Washington, but it's here. (laughs) Right. On to Washington, but Lincoln Financial. Thank you very much, Merrill. Okay, Dan. Take care. You got it, our good friend, Merrill Reese. Absolutely. So, again, Merrill's Merrill's happy with it right now with the play of Jalen Hurts. And, again, okay, most of you, not most of you, some of you are. And, And for the record, we don't bring on people to sit here and bash people. If he has a different opinion of me, I'm not getting in an argument with Merrill Reese, the voice of the Philadelphia Eagles. That's not what I do. That's why people come on my program. He may disagree. I bring on people all the time who disagree with me. You see it all the time. I don't want yes men. And if he sees it completely different than me, that's his opinion. He thinks the team's better this year. I disagree. I'm not getting into a pissing match with Merrill Reese. I see just like Jalen Hurts making business. That's uh, not a good word. Making smart decisions to get down in slides. I want Merrill on again. Okay. Dylan says we all disagree with you. Fine. Fine. You think that you have a better offense this year than last year i'll agree to disagree with you i do not i think you're one-dimensional again your targets predicate that one guy every week in the passing game they don't spread the ball around goddard's a non-factor it's three weeks now dallas goddard's a non-factor do you think that there's an it last week kind of was a factor i think he had 60 yards That guy will get nowhere near 900 yards receiving. Best 750. He'll get nowhere near 900. Nowhere near it. Eagles number one rush defense. Swift number two in rushing. And also first team to win three straight after a Super Bowl loss. Nice. Congratulations, 85. Congratulations. Those are all nice regular season accomplishments. Fantastic. You think Swift's better than Miles Sanders? You think DeAndre Swift is better than Miles Sanders? 
He has more pop than Sanders, says Tone. I'll tell you the biggest deal that he has compared to Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders runs the contact. DeAndre Swift is elusive. And you see that the way he runs the ball. The question will be, and again, hey, you can't do this with him. Well, Swift was more durable. That's not really true. That's not really true. Okay? Last year was an epiphany in that guy's career, was it not? Where he played a lot of of the games last year, right? That's like an epiphany of his career. Okay? And to me, when you watch Swift run in traffic, by the way, those holes last night by the offensive line in the run game, I mean, a Mack truck could have ran through them. They were spectacular in being able to run through those blocks. My top 10 NFL teams, my top 10 NFL quarterbacks. By the way, um, also, Vegas and the MVP race, okay? We'll, re- we'll, we'll redo a little bit of last night's game. The number one thing that I think that the Eagles have to work on still, and I think you might be shocked in what we'll say here. One last thing before we go to timeout here. Remember something, Baltimore Ravens win as many games as you do during the regular season. And I get it, albeit you guys went to a Super Bowl. No question about it. You win a little bit more, but they've won more Super Bowls than you since 2000. They've won more Super Bowls. Okay, so, okay. But under Lamar Jackson, they win 73% of the games. Under Jalen Hurts, they win 70%. Do you really believe you have a Super Bowl offense? Do you think that offense right now wins a Super Bowl? I want to hit on that one more time. Hour number two, don't forget our good friends at Hooters. Place was packed last night, man. Everyone loved it. All seven locations go to Hooters, NortheastHooters.com to find one of the seven locations nearest to you. And listen, if you don't want to go into any one of the places, go to Hooters2Go.com, find that online, get your food, order up 10 wings. You get 10 boneless free wing Wednesdays when you go into the place, 1983. All you can eat. Kids eat for free on Saturdays. Fantastic time for everybody. All the great happy hour specials they have. NortheastTutors.com. That's NortheastTutors.com. Go into any one of the seven locations. When you do, do me a favor. Tell them Big Sill sent you. and Hooters, the perfect pair.
If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. Heading down the shore. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Sports and NFL on Fox. David Hill will be with us. It's the 30th anniversary. That's the man that created everything. Will be with us in the 5 o'clock hour at 5.30 Eastern. So Jalen Hurts was sick. Do I take anything into that? Plus the poor weather last night. It's humid. It's shitty. It's not an excuse, but it is a thing. Okay? It is. There's some. It's a thing. You, 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 it's another mental thing you have to kind of overcome. You're on the road. You're sleeping in a, a shitty bed. You're not eating your own food. All this. And, and look, I'm not making an excuse or an off ramp, but it is a thing. You'd be an idiot not to think it wasn't a thing. It's a thing. Okay. It, it it's a thing. Okay. I, I like what Steve goes. I could effing do this show easy. I know people have been saying that for 30 years, Steve. Been saying it for 30 years, Steve. You could do it? Really? <laughs> I asked the people in Tampa. They got 10 morning shows since I left. <laughs> anyway, real quick before we move on to everything. Also, Lane Johnson, every single time he gets into pass protection, it's illegal procedure. Every single time. Every single time. But I'm going to tell you where I go with him on this. <laughs> Steve must be a comedian. Thank you, Tone. It's awesome. He, it's, it's an, he does an illegal play every single time. But guess what? I'll tell you what, dude. I'm going to keep doing it until they tell me to stop. <laughs> hey, it, it's a completely illegal play. It's illegal. 
he totally gets out. He knows the snap count, and he's beating the snap count. You totally see him moving. NFL officiating, they're not calling it. Well, that ain't on lane. See, I'm a big proponent. Whatever it takes and a little more. If I got to hit you with a chair to win a fight, who cares? As long as I win the fight. When the NFL stops him, that's when it's a deal. Until then, until further notice, Mike Florio, shut your hole. Okay? Shut your hole. Lane does it at least once every game. That's what you call veteran privilege. Yeah. Yes. And and you hear the commentators last night, even Troy Aikman, that's illegal. I'm like, well, it's great to sit there as an analyst calling that from the booth, but until you wear a zebra shirt and you're on the field making that call, that's Troy Aikman just barking. I have no problem with Lane doing it. See, again, Lane is on the gray line, dude. So Lane should go like this and listen to us. Give me a break. Big Seals, you're absolutely correct, but if the NFC is weak besides the 49ers and Dak, since he has owned us, but we have to play our schedule, and that makes dangerous so much one-dimensional, if you can believe it. Not, um, yeah, but you're never going to beat um, one of the elite quarterbacks with that one-dimensional offense. You're, you're just not, because those guys can throw themselves out of trouble, and if they get a lead on you, you're going to have a tough time coming back. Why? Because you don't throw the ball. You have to go on eight-minute drives, 10-minute drives to score. That means you only get 10 possessions a game. Kansas City, they can go one, two, three out, one, two, three out, one, two, three out, one, two, three out. And Mahomes could go the next three series, get 21 points in a matter of five minutes. Your offense right now can't do that. It's not quick straight capabilities. Those other teams are. You have no big playability right now, except in your run game, which takes time. Last night, Troy and Buck were barking, but at the same time, all they could do was laugh because how crazy it looks. Dude, you can't tell me the rest don't see that. You I mean you, you can't tell me to ref? I mean, good for Lane. Until they tell Lane to stop, keep doing it, Lane. Hey, by the way, before we get into the top ten teams and top ten quarterbacks, and by the way, I'm going to give great. I'm going to give a grade to Jalen Hurts. Sean McDermott, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, do the Bills play the Dolphins this week? Holy shit! Do you know what Sean McDermott said this morning? about Mike McDaniel, the things they're doing offensively are revolutionary. And they didn't have Jalen Waddle last week. He said these formations and these routes they're running are things he's never seen as a coordinator. He's never seen it. That is quite an an accomplishment and quite a comment from an opposing coach prior to playing them. He said, when you put on the game film of the Dolphins, they're doing things I've never seen offenses do. And this is a guy that game plans against Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes and Lamar. 
He says he's never seen anything like it. It's quite an accomplishment, quite a comment by Sean McDermott, the head coach of the Bills. So here's my grade for Jalen Hurts' performance last night. I'd say C plus. Hey, so sometimes we get so wrapped up in basing everything on quarterback talent and ability, we forget to discuss the entire offense. And although Mahomes can throw himself out of trouble, his offense is struggling a little bit. Yeah, because what they don't have is a number two. And they become, hey, Tone, Kansas City's one-dimensional. Kansas City's one-dimensional, but the league is set up for that dimension. Oh, Kansas City's a one-dimensional team. So if, if I were to give Jalen Hurts a grade, um, C+. Plus. C+. Plus. Let's see the numbers again. Twenty-three, 23 completions, 277, one touchdown, two interceptions. He's three for three on the year. Three touchdowns, three picks. 62.5 QBR. Um, yeah, C plus wouldn't go crazy. I mean, I mean, tone goes, I think C plus is fair more than fair from you actually. (laughs) Because at the end of the day, tone, you get an A for winning. Then everything after that, you kind of evaluate it, you know, I mean, it has to start with the win. No, no, no matter what the numbers say, it has to start with a win. Seven different players caught a pass last night, four of which had four more catches. For nothing, yards. They were non-factors. Your tight end is a non-factor, Dirty D. And Devontae last night, I didn't even know he was on the field. It was the A.J. Brown show. That's it. Goddard has been a non-factor. Little bit in the Minnesota game. It's one dude every week. Your guy does not spread it around. And you run the ball 40 times. I don't know what else to say to you guys. That tells you when you run the ball more than you throw the ball. And you have just as many rushing yards. In today's NFL, passing. I saw Blake Bortles throw for 487 yards in a playoff game. Don't talk to me about how great passing yards can. I mean, anybody today could put up 250 yards passing in today's NFL. Anyone. I saw Blake Bortles go for 500 yards. Blake Bortles is a bum. I mean, a bum. More picks will happen. That's right. Hey, I'll tell you one thing, though, that your quarterback does that's fantastic. Your quarterback does not have a problem with the ball being taken out of his hand. But I'll tell you, wonder what that is on a psyche. Do you remember something Boomer Esiason said? Tone, I know you do. Um, If we want more pass stats, 
more picks will happen. But you're not in today's NFL then. You're still running in 90s Eagles offense. And you're never going to win a Super Bowl with that. You will never win a Super Bowl with that style of play. The Ravens won't either. You will not win a Super Bowl. This is not about 20 and 1. This is about winning the Lombardi Trophy. <laughs> okay, that's what this is. It's about winning the Lombardi Trophy. It's not about what. Here, I'll, I'll say it again to you. Boomer Sison said something very interesting a couple days ago when he was on. Hertz has to learn to play with the contract. Remember he said that? He's got to learn to play with that contract. I kind of thought that thing was kind of like an obscure, just a off comment. The sliding, the protecting. So when the ball is taken out of Hertz's hands, how do you think he feels about that, knowing he's like the third highest paid guy in the league at 50 million something? How do you think he feels about that? Okay. Does he feel he's not doing enough? A guy like that who strives on helping his team and being there for his team. I'm not saying that he wants to have stats, but what I'm saying about Jalen is, isn't that a guy that wants to be the guy in the front guy to pull the train instead of being on the caboose? He was the caboose last night. Is he okay with that? I happen to think he is. But mentally inside, you have to go like this. Man, it could pay me a lot of money to hand a ball off 40 times when my contemporaries are throwing it 40 times. You know? Out of curiosity, Sills, let's say the Eagles did win the bowl with this current style. How much would it affect the direction of pro offenses? Again, out of curiosity, a ton. A ton, but here's the one thing you have to remember if you win with that style of play. You owners in Kansas City, they don't spend any money on running backs. They spend no money on wide receivers. They spend all their money on the quarterback and some components on defense. It's also a financial thing. Remember something. This isn't college ball. It's a financial situation. You know why the NFL right now, some of these teams are getting their ass kicked? is because they devalue the running back position. Now you're finding out the running back position is essential in moving the chains. How about this? If the Eagles went down the same process of redefining and not being able to look at, by the way, they gave up a draft choice for Swift. So there was some equity given up for him. And they're going to have to sign him. If he continues on this pace, you think he's re-signing in Philly? Never happened. Think about what's happened here. Okay, right, but wouldn't it, wouldn't it affect the team, the way teams spend money? Oh, that's the whole thing. You have to put more around. You have to put more around. You see, you know why they're not going to win in Baltimore? There's not enough around him. There's not enough around him to win a Super Bowl in Baltimore. There's more around Hurts to get to a Super Bowl. I mean, look at, the, look at the team. Baltimore's offense, Philly's offense. There's more stars and more old pros around Jalen than there is in Baltimore. 
means you have to spend more money. You've got two bookend tackles that are making 15 north of $15 million. You got a center who's making 15. You got a tight end who's making 15. You got a wide receiver making 20. You got a quarterback making 50. I mean, they don't have that in Baltimore. Who? Beckham makes 14. Quarterback makes 51. Who else? The left tackle probably makes 15. Who else? Zay Flowers is on a rookie contract, makes 900 grand. See, when you have a quarterback like Mahomes, look at even Buffalo. Buffalo's spending money on one guy, Stefan Diggs. How he finds overlooked talent and turns their market around in a year. DeAndre Swift is not going to be on the Eagles next year. I heard people talking about that today. You think if that guy ends up with a Christian McCaffrey year, okay, Mark Andrews is getting paid. That's right. You think if DeAndre Swift has 1,300 rushing yards and he has 65 catches, he's coming back for that bullshit deal he's on now? <laughs> he's a $20 million guy. He might not get Christian McCaffrey money, but he's the quintessential running back on what you want in your offense. The Eagles will not even go near signing him. Well, he'll come back because it's Philly. No, no, he won't. Why? Philly doesn't pay. They don't pay that position. Now, what are you going to tell me now? I'm wrong on that one too? You're, you're not going to pay for that guy. You're not going to pay for him, though. Am I right when I say this? He's, this is like he's on his last year of his contract? Is, is, is DeAndre Swift on the last year of his deal? So come March 17th, he'll be a free agent, right? Is that correct? Never happened. He'll never be on the Eagles next year if he continues his pace. Never happened. Okay? Never happened. Got to pay your guard for 20. You eventually got to address Smitty. Hurts' contract kicks in March 17th. You think you're bringing... This is... You got a one-year deal here with... Well... Depends on how his year goes. Thousand yards. Here, here, I'll tell you this. If he, the more success he has, the less chance he has of coming back. DeAndre Swift is going to be here in a position that they don't pay money from, but they're going to change that narrative, right? Okay. As much as people call themselves fans, they sure love ignoring the way their team does business. Yeah, because you got to remember something on building a team tone in the NFL versus college. Alabama, Georgia, they got 10 Jalen Carters down there. You just plug another guy in. In the NFL, you got to hit on them guys. Then you got to pay them. Paying them, health, production, all part of it. It's not just doing this. Well, let, let me line up the best 22. Half the league is undrafted free agents. Do you know that? Maybe you don't. 
He hey, DeAndre Swift is gonna command. What's he on pace now for, Tone? What's that guy on pace for now? Let's see. He had 170 last week. He has 130 this week. So he's got 300 yards in three games. So he's on pace for 1,700 yards rushing. You think you're paying him $4 million next year? $5 million? The Giants will sign him. The Giants will give him $18 million. Say so he gets 12, 1,300 yards. You had a guy who had 1,300 yards last year, and you let him go. Oh, but we're going to keep him because he's young. <laughs> Your team don't do business that way. That's not how, how he does business. Okay? By the way, we're all rooting for him to put a great year in. He's an electric ball player. And it just shows you. But you see, you know what Howie's going to do? He's going to find another DeAndre Swift who's being underutilized. And what kills me is Detroit, they moved him because they upgrade. Detroit's got a good running game. Okay. This guy says that I'm always looking for the negative. No, I'm looking to correct people when they say that Swift will be here for a long time. No, he won't. That player, he's a running. So the way running backs are being treated financially, you think because he's in Philly, he's going to ignore the way Jonathan Taylor, Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, and every back has been treated this offseason because why again? It's not a negative. It's the landscape of the running back position right now. Those guys are rented together. They're trying to change that narrative. And you're sitting here saying that I'm hating. No, the league is hating. The league is hating. You're not going to play. Look at this guy right here. They'll start planning for Swift. So in the first time in 25 years of Howie Roseman being in the building at the Novacare Center, they're going to change course. Man, some of you people can't see. You, you, just, you just don't understand. You're right. You don't see the game the way I do. Because it's not about the best 22. If that's the case, there'd be first rounders at every position in the league. There's not for a reason. It's called parity. The league designs it so Philly can't stockpile great talent. What the Eagles have done is they've paid Hurts his money up front. And it's able to keep somebody. You got a ton of guys to sign in the offseason. Landon Dickerson's deal's up. Sills, why are you talking about? No, 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 no. I'm talking about the more he does, and the more he continues his success, the less chances he's on your team. That... So, again, you're rooting for him. So, one more time here. I would say this. 
Hertz has been the least impressive player of anyone on offense so far. Swift has been the most impressive. Um, not really anybody else. I probably maybe could throw AJ in there. How we will pick up Devon, the kid from Miami. He's balling out. Of, hey, dude, that guy, man, he had a great game. What up, Big Sills? Smoked another cigar last night. 3-0, and baby. There you go. There you go, Philly. There you go. Would make Swift different from Sanders, and the Eagles drafted Sanders. Correct. How he loves his boys. Okay? How he loves his boys. All right. I'm going to get into my top 10 teams in the National Football League now. Um, let me get here. Okay. These are the 10 most impressive teams so far as we close out this weekend, the first quarter poll of the NFL season. And I've put these 10 teams and remember something too. It's a combined three weeks. It's not just one week. It's the combine of three weeks. I got the Ravens at 10. Um, Last week, too many mistakes. I didn't think Lamar played his best. They need to run the ball better. And they were upset in overtime by the Colts. I still think a a two-and-one start for them. They're a pretty good ball team. So I got the Ravens at number 10. The Browns. I got the Browns at at number nine. Best performance since Deshaun Watson has been a Cleveland Brown. Okay, best he's looked. Last week, I thought he was great outside of that Carson mess play. Um, Throwing the ball backwards. I think without a doubt that the Browns have a lot of talent and they're playing some good football. Number eight, I think the Seahawks, outside of that stinker that they had in the opening week, they're getting better week in and week out now. Seattle's figuring it out, getting better. Again, I think Geno, they're keeping him in a box. And I think the Seahawks are sitting there at number eight. You know, I had the Cowboys really high. And I've dropped them to seventh. You, I, I thought about not even having them in the top ten, quite frankly. And I'll tell you why. You can't lose to a shit team like, like the Cardinals. You just can't. And I know, I know Tone says that's a hell of a drop. But still, I mean, I still think, okay, I still think the Cowboys have a lot. Of, but I'll tell you this, man. They got a big game this week. See, another prime example. Philadelphia played a one-dimensional football game last night and won dominating in that one way. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Dallas would never figure that out. Dallas would never figure that out. They're going to keep, Dallas keep, keeps jamming that square peg in a round hole. And they keep forcing their, their weight. Philly doesn't do that. Okay? Yeah, Batman, 62 QBR. Guy sucked last. No, he didn't suck. C+. Plus. See, what they did last night, they were one-dimensional football team last night, so what they did was, hey, this is going to win for us. Their ego's not big. See, the owner of the Cowboys' ego gets in the way of the fundamental approach of how you play a game. In Philly, that doesn't happen. They're going to win any means necessary. And that's why you're 3-0 and and they're 2-1. Those, those first two games they played are rarities. Cardinals matchup is more close to what an NFL game is like when the Cowboys have to step up in crucial moments. They You can't do that. You just can't do that. You know, I mean, again, the Cowboys play great against Philly. You guys split every year. Um, and then they play a Cardinal team that you'll beat. If that was you in that game against the Cardinals, you know what you would have did? You would have ran the ball at them. Dallas tries throwing the ball into triple coverage. You know what Jalen would have done? Jalen would have threw the ball into triple coverage, throw a pick, and you know what the coordinators and the coaches would have done? That's it. We're going to run the ball 65 times, and we're going to win this way. Dallas doesn't do that, man. Everything's got to be like a cliffhanger in Dallas. It's got to be like a soap opera. Again, it's like the Kardashians. Philly, get this. Philly's okay looking like the 1970s Ohio State team. They're okay with that. The Cowboys, when things are good are going well, I judge them when their road gets bumpy. Yeah, you know, when, when the Cowboys' road gets... The Eagles' road has been bumpy, and it's 3-0. and how about this? This here, here's something that you guys can hang your hat on. You might be better off with this and how this thing started than the Cowboys and how they started. Look what happens. More people with the Eagles, not you guys, because fans are fans and you guys are going to criticize and not criticize, or you're going to wave your pom poms. It's okay, it's all okay. At the end of the day, though, you're going to be better off because you've had some bumpy rides in your passing game. Your passing game is not very good right now. It's just not. But that's going to benefit you when you get into games versus Kansas City and Buffalo and the Cowboy games. That's going to help you. Okay? That's going to help you. I mean, Dallas can't, they, Dallas can't, 
control themselves in adversity. Hey, when things are going good and you want to talk all the shit on the planet, that's great. But when you get beat, man, you got to have your chin up the same way when your chin's up high when you're talking shit. You can't have your head down. I told you this. If you want to sing the music, you got to face the music. Okay? Don't you think this, this shit right here makes you harder? Hey, we didn't really play well coming out of the gate offensively. Quarterback's not looking like he did a year ago at all. Jalen Hurts is not an MVP candidate. But, again, you know what people are going? Yeah, they're getting through it, though. Here are, again, here are the top 10 teams. I got Ravens 10, Browns 9, Seahawks 8, Cowboys 7. I got the Lions at 6. Maybe high. I think that team's got to figure out how to win. And they got to figure out how to play in the spotlight. Okay? Here are your top five teams. Michael Parsons keeps saying 2,000 Ravens on his podcast. What, he enjoys that defense with all those great players on it? I wonder, ask at eight, death row. Do you think that 2,000 Ravens team ever had a team run for 222 yards with the talent level of the Cardinals on that team? That guy is smoking crack. Seriously, Michael Parsons is on crack if he thinks that that defense. Does anybody think that 2,000 Ravens team gave up 200 yards rushing versus a team like the Cardinals? He's on crack. Man. Dude, it just can I tell you this? If Micah Parsons, Tone, I don't know if you agree with me. If Micah Parsons didn't play for the Cowboys, he'd be fame-wise Miles Garrett. And Miles Garrett is a better player than him. But you don't hear people saying that. Miles Garrett's going to the Hall of Fame. I don't know if that guy is. Pat Swilling won an NFL Defensive Player of the Year award. Do you think, and I have some votes in this stuff, that I would ever vote for a guy who got steamrolled by the Cardinals for Defensive Player of the Year? That's right. If Miles Garrett was in Dallas, he'd be a household. You'd be calling him Lawrence Taylor. Michael Parsons is a reflection of the star. Good player, overhyped. He's a one-dimensional player. And get, guess what? You know what Jonathan Gannon did? With lesser talent, ran at him and showed everyone he can't tackle, he can't really cover. And if you run at him, he got a sack in the game. Great, he's a great pass rusher. Okay? The one thing that's different between Michael Parsons and Hassan Reddick. Last year, Reddick was number one in third down sacks and cost fumbles and had 16 and a half sacks. That to me, you might not be the greatest cover guy and you might not be the best tackler, but you're impactful in other ways. That guy's not. He's a hype machine. That guy's trying to tell me, really, he thinks that that defense that just got the shit kicked out of them is the 2000 Ravens. That was a historic defensive team 
what is it? The O, the O one bucks, O two bucks, two thousand Ravens, eighty five Bears, Gang Green, the Steel Curtain, Doomsday, um, uh, the No Name Defense. The Purple People Leaders, those guys are legendary defenses. Vita Vea who? Kelsey, Hall of Famer, Cowboys can't beat the Eagles. They do beat the Eagles. Look at Philly now even denying it. They can't stop the run versus – that's a fact. Eight and three, Philly. Eight and three, Dak is versus your boys. Eight and three. Stop it, Sills. Parsons is a beast. I saw Arizona beat the living shit out of him. Philly doesn't want clout. Philly has clout. That's why he's on the program all the time. He's got a tremendous podcast. Guy does a tremendous show, man. I love the guy. I love what he's doing. I love what Tone does. That's why I bring him up. Remember something. There's a people out there who pretend like they have some whatever. And I forget your name quickly. We've had other people on here and people go, remember? And I go, I know I don't really. I only remember the people that make impact. Okay. The rest of you guys, I I, I mean, quite frankly, I forget your name because I have the attention span of a gnat. Tone knows this too, right? He's got to remind me of everything. People come up. I, I, someone goes, do you remember this guy? Do you remember where? I go, no, not really. Um, he made no impact at all. I mean, I got to remember you. Okay? I like people that make me think about remembering. I got the Bills at five. They're turning it around. Buffalo looks sensational. I got the Kansas City Chiefs at four. Seals, you wouldn't have a job without tone. Okay. You're right. This is a team. I used to think I could do it by myself. I couldn't do it without Tone, Xander, Joe Krause, James. Damn right. It's not just me, man. It's our entire group. Oh, Tone goes, that wasn't it. Hey, Tone, if we're looking for, if we're looking for kindness here today, So let me get here. We're getting up to the top three teams now. Ravens 10. Browns 9. Seahawks 8. <laughs> Cowboys 7. Lions 6. Big Seals top 10 NFL teams. Bills 5. Chiefs Four. And here are the top three teams in the National Football League. I got the Eagles three. I got the 49ers two. And I got the Miami Dolphins number one. How about this? Look at the impact that Vic Fangio has had on the Dolphin defense. 
That's a stout group. Seals, you're seriously tweeting about the Eagles having the worst offense in the NFL on a night. We had 460 yards in total offense. Asking as a friend. Yeah, you're one-dimensional. You're one-dimensional. Dude, 400. What's the AA tone? What's the average um, yards per game for NFL teams? Here, I'll ask, I'll ask my phone that. What's the average yards for an NFL team offensively in a game? Let's see what that number is. What's the average offensive output for an NFL team? Here is some information for okay. how many offensive plays does the average NFL team have? No, no, have? no. Right now, 332. So you had about 90 more yards than the average. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the league average is almost 340 yards a game, and you had 407? Okay. You get, you're, not you, you're not saying anything spectacular. Now, the rushing is spectacular. Okay, the rushing is spectacular. Absolutely. But... I mean, you're a little bit over the average. Uh, okay. Um, 140 more over? Okay. It was a really great running effect. It was really great running. Your quarterback did not have a good passing game. Stop saying that. He had a couple good throws. That doesn't make a good passing game. Why? 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 Is, is it really that bad to give your running attack more credit than the quarterback? What's the problem here? Your running game gets more credit than the quarterback for that win last night. But you don't want to hear that. Weather conditions, field, sloppy field. Let me guess. Pre-game food. That sucked too. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Thanks for everything, Big Sills. It's going to be a fun-ass week. Hey, let's get Philly. Let me, hey, hey, Tone, can you put that back up? I want to read it all here, what he said, because that's my boy, man. I enjoy him a lot, man. Thanks for everything, Big Sills. It's going to be a fun season, but so far I'm smoking cigars every weekend. Your thoughts on the Carter Davis so far? Um, I think they're better than Hardgrave and Armstead right now. Dirty D, Hertz is averaging less than 250 yards passing last season. Average less than 250 yards passing last season. Is he averaging 200 yards now? I think he is right at, is he, where is he now? 190? How many, how many yards is he averaging this year? So far, how many yards is he averaging passing this year? So he averaged a little bit near 250. What's Jalen Hurts averaging right now through three games in the air? It's got to be run. That 277 had to help, didn't it? 213. So in an NFL passing game, in an NFL passing league, your quarterback's averaging 213 passing yards. 
That's not going to cut it. It is so not going to cut 213? That's so not going to cut it. You have an NFL offense averaging 213 passing yards. In today's game where all the rules are set up for quarterbacks to throw the ball. And you're telling me the guy had an A-minus effort last night. Not all of you. 213. Shit. Woo, man. (laughs) 213. Average per game is 221. So really, huh? Jalen's right there at the average too. So you paid a guy fifty million dollars to throw the ball for two hundred thirteen average per game yards. Okay, hey, top ten quarterbacks. We got a lot to hit on. By the way, David Hill, the founder of Fox Sports, NFL on Fox, hired by Rupert Murdoch himself, one of the legendary men in the history of broadcasting. Um, it's the 30th anniversary of the NFL on Fox. So we will get him on. I can't wait to talk to David Hill. He's an amazing man. That'll be at 530 Eastern time. Also, we so appreciate Hooters being the official home of the National Football Show, our good friends there. By the way, please go to northeasthooters.com to find one of the seven locations nearest you. Place was packed last night for the doubleheader. Home of the Eagle fans. Right there in King of Prussia there. Absolutely sensational. By the way, if you don't want to go into any one of the locations, do me a favor. Go to Hooters2Go.com, okay? Hooters2Go.com. Tuesdays, buy 10 wings, get 10 boneless free. Wing Wednesdays, a 40-year tradition, 1983. One of the absolutely fantastic things that we do at Hooters and have done it for 40 years. That's NortheastHooters.com. That's northeasthooters.com to find one of the seven locations nearest you. Hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. and Hooters, the perfect pair. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. 
Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. National Football Show. Appreciate y'all coming aboard. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. The founder of NFL on Fox, David Hill, the founder of Fox Sports, also the former chairman of F1. David Hill has been around the block, hired by Rupert Murdoch to start Fox Sports. Nobody thought it would go anywhere. And they're celebrating their 30th anniversary. I don't think the NFL on CBS has ever beaten the Fox guys with Jimmy and Howie and Terry. I don't think they've ever beaten that team when it comes to ratings on a pregame show. It's the highest rated uh, NFL show each and every single week is that show. And the man who founded it and created it in the 30th anniversary will be with us at 530. He's a very tough get. And we so appreciate him jumping on with us at 530. He's an interesting man, to say the least. Can't wait to talk to David Hill. Um, Real quick here, we'll get to NFL odds. Top 10 quarterbacks. My weekly top 10 quarterback list is coming up. We're going to probably do that at the top. I want to say something about Deion Sanders here, though, before we move on. Um, Nobody cares I got killed by Colorado or Oregon already. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. I don't care anymore. I want to see what he's going to do versus USC. I took offense to something that was racially put out there by Mike Freeman. I did. And I'm paraphrasing this. Colorado is Black America's team. What exactly does that mean? Now, Is it something that African-Americans can gravitate to because it's inspiring? That I agree with. That that I agree with. Okay? Football and sports is supposed to galvanize us. And I don't know how to really take that article. And I respect Mike Freeman. I love him. And Tone goes, what does that even mean? You know, Tone, here... And I'm paraphrasing it, okay? Colorado is Black America's team. Tones goes, Black people rock with Dion. So what? Right. No, I, I, 
I, I think, look, I think it's great. You know why? It's a symbolic thing that's out there. Hey, man, maybe I can do what Dion's doing. That's inspiring. That's pulling people, and we need more minority coaches in college football. There's only 14 of them out of 135 programs in the United States. And most of the time, the black coaches get the shit jobs. They don't get the top flight jobs. The coach at Notre Dame is great. I love what he's doing there. Okay? I totally love it. And, and by the way, do, do I think we need more minority? Yeah. Absolutely. We told, college football is atrocious when it comes to having minority head coaches get the opportunity to be a head coach. And by the way, no disrespect to anything, but if Tone was a coach of a team and I was the coach in the same conference, I'm getting five years. Tone's getting two and a half years, and they're going to fire him if he has the same record as me. It's just what it is. Black folks have to do it better, and they've got to do it cleaner, unfortunately, because they're covered differently. You know, it's easy in today's society to want to when, – when Dion got that job, you have to admit, they thought it was a novelty. All of a sudden, you have people doing this now. Holy shit, the guy can coach. Do you know both his coordinators are white? Both prime times coordinators are white. Dion's not doing this for black America. Dion's doing this for all of America. Because he's changing the old guard. Man, this guy's scaring people. I love it. We did this shit in the 80s. You hated us. Every time we came on TV, with all the black faces we had on the sidelines, all the people that you saw being bravado like Jerome and the gold chains, all that you hated us. Rick Riley actually wrote a column. Miami is the only team. How about this one, Tone? Miami's the only team that takes their team pitcher from the front and side. Rick Riley. What is that supposed to imply? We're criminals? Because we have too many black kids on our team? We were doing this shit back in the day. So when I see somebody say, Dion is black America's, you're just scared of him. You're scared of Dion. I gravitate to that. Speaking for myself, when I see someone bucking the trend of a system, I'm always inspired by those folks. Prime will be prime, regardless if he has a helmet on or a headset. Completely true. Okay? You see, this is why some people have taken some things that I've said in the past, because I'm one of the very few people that has always spoken up for the inequities of college coaches and the lack of black coaches. So when I slip up, my profession comes after me and labels me. But I've always floated on this line because they're scared to. White hosts don't talk like this. I do. And unfortunately, sometimes when you say a stupid thing, they forget all the shit that you've done in your 30 years talking about the inequities of college coaching, pro coaching to be candid as well. So my profession's frightened because I don't 
I, 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 I don't hide from it. Man, what he's doing, every white coach in the country doesn't know. So let me get this right. Know this. When Dion walks into your home and he's recruiting a single black mom in the South and saying, I'm going to carry this kid, treat him like my son, and I'm going to help him get to where he wants to. You know where that is? To the NFL. So he can take care of you. Versus a white coach walking in that same house promising bullshit and lies. Who are you going to believe? I'm going to go to Colorado as an Italian kid because of that. I want to play at Colorado because of that. Because he's going to treat me the same way. That's inspiring. I went to Miami because of that kind of stuff. I went to Miami because of the culture Deion Sanders has at Colorado. Do you understand that? That's why I chose Miami. I chose Miami not because Miami represented black America, because Miami represented what was right. Kudos to Dion. He's an inspiring guy. Mike Freeman, I respect you so much. Colorado's not Black America's team. Colorado is the team of hope. Dion's selling hope. Not everything is about the Eagles vet. Stay focused, guy. Not everything is a, you're confused? Doesn't shock me. Most of you are anyway. It's okay. And those who don't believe will always be the big sills detractors and say whatever. But the thing I've always loved the most is that after 30 years, you listen. Hour number three is coming up. Please hit the like button. David Hill, the founder of Fox Sports. NFL on Fox is around the corner. My top 10 quarterbacks. Favorites to win the MVP award. Keep it here on the National Football Show. and Hooters, the perfect pair.
If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Plus effort last night. Good enough to beat the Bucks. Good for you, man. Well, no, wait. Quarterback was C plus. How about the team? They really stumped, they really stuffed them offensively. I mean, on both sides, too. Passing game and run game. They stuffed them. You got to get big marks for that. So really, the only thing that was not really good was the passing game last night. The run game was exceptional. Your run defense was exceptional. Shit, I'll tell you what, man. If you got an A run game and an A run defense, shit, how do you not go with anything other than a B-plus effort? I think that's fair. Because there's nothing you can do about that. How many times have you seen teams throw for 500 yards and lose? So if you hold a team to less than 50 yards rushing and you run for 200 yards, how many times do you see that team lose? Like never. It's got to be a B-plus effort last night. It's got to be a B-plus effort. Because the run defense and the run offense was exceptional. The team dominated that game, especially on defense. Eagles controlled the line of scrimmage from beginning to end, and Mike Evans was a non-factor except for one drive. And then on the other end of it, too, you add in the fact that you ran the ball for over 200 yards, 40 attempts. By the way, that 40 attempts and still having five yards of crack, you don't see that. You only see that shit in college. You only see that stuff in college. 
The only thing that wasn't good was the passing game. It's been that way all year so far. Okay. So far, the passing game has not been good, but it's all right. You're three and zero. But like I said, that offense today in the playoffs, Super Bowl will not win a Super Bowl ever, ever. And we'll see if I'm right or wrong. So far, you had the better team last year, and you didn't win. We'll see again. See if that happens. See if you get another crack at it. We'll see if you get another crack. And I brought the number one stat up. You're the Ravens right now. Well, you're better than the Ravens because your defense is better than Baltimore's defense. But you have the same philosophy as the Ravens. You got a dual threat guy. You're, I mean, you're the Ravens on offense. Okay. Just to reset some of the takeaways from last night, David Hill will join us. That'll be at the bottom of the hour. Bucks defense had a great effort, man. They did a really nice job against the run, and their pass defense was really good in that game versus a star wide receiver. Run dominant, 200 yards rushing. Carter and Davis are ping-ponging off of one another. And I'll tell you what, boy, Armstead and can you invite 49er to KOP so we can abuse him? <laughs> Bear from Philly. Oh, time of possession. Yeah, yeah, right. That's what they did. They, they went one-dimensional, ran the ball. But, yeah, one thing, you get a 21-point lead on the Eagles. In the current state the offense is in, they're not coming back and winning that game. They're just not. They go on 10 play, eight minute drives. You don't you won't have that time in the game to do that. You only have 10 series. You see, the thing about Kansas City or some of these teams like Buffalo, they can go down 21 and quick strike you right away. You can't. You, you don't have big play capability right now. Dude, Miami can get down 21 on you and then put up 45 on you. That's how prolific that thing is. That, that's a big-time scoring machine. They're right now a scoring machine. Okay? A scoring machine. Do you think Jalen Hurts looks anything near Tucker Viola right now? This guy put up 70 points without Jalen Waddle on the field. They had a running back go for 200 yards. Vic Fangio has been a factor in Miami. Then again, has anybody in, has Patrick Mahomes looked like Tucker Viola? So what's the best offense you've had to cover during your time in broadcasting? Great question. Hertz put up the best numbers. Hey, can I get that super chat and I'll answer that? Um, put up that um, that vet. Hertz put up the best numbers between all last night's quarterbacks, better than Burrow, Stafford, and maybe. 
201 isn't one. Dude, it was one-dimensional last night. You didn't win that game because of you throwing the ball with one touchdown and two picks and a 62 quarterback rating. Miami O-line has no shit against our D-line. Okay, anyway, let me, and I'm going to, Tone asked the question. I'm sorry, I disagree with you. I think you were one-dimensional. You won the game because you ran the ball, not because you threw it. And you were dimensional. One guy was a target last night. And if one guy, one receiver was a factor last night. The rest of them were non-factors. Um, the best offense, man, that Rams offense with Torrey Holt and those guys and Warner and Marshall Falk, what made Marshall Falk so crazy great was that, and here's the difference. Um, here's the difference, Tone, with that Rams team, that St. Louis Rams team was that Marshall Falk, if I'm not mistaken, Falk may have had 1,000 yards receiving the year they won the Super Bowl. And I think he had maybe 1,500 yards rushing. Everything came off the run game. He was, he set that whole offense. It all went through Marshall Falk. People think it went through Kurt Warner. But hey, I think Marshall Falk that year, I think he had like 1,000 yards receiving and 1,500 yards rushing. He was unbelievable. I mean, and what what the thing was, they closed it out and won the Super Bowl against Tennessee. Falk was such a – that's what's helping also the Eagles here too, was that Swift the last two weeks has looked great, okay? He's looked great. I probably should have been more – Specific, out of all the cities you've worked in, which team had the best offense? Um, San Francisco, Dallas, Miami, and Tampa. Um, and San Diego. Has to be the Niners. Has to be the Niners. Has to be the San Francisco 49ers when they had Steve Young and Jerry Rice and those guys. The, it just Steve Young was just like a 70% completion percentage guy. It's just so, I mean, the, see, the Cowboy teams were different when I was in Dallas because – they, 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 everything ran through Emmett, and Troy was kind of like, you know, the CEO of the thing, and and um, Irvin was great on third down, and but it was very effective. Um, Alvin Harper was the other wideout. They had a really good tight end and Jay Novacek too, but they ran the ball and played defense, and it. it I'll, I'll tell you, man, the, the Dallas Cowboy dynasty team that won three titles and. Four years was not flashy at all. It was kind of boring. They kind of bored you to tears, Tone. It was like, I mean, it was a football team that you'd look up. Emmett Smith had 28 carries and 154 yards and two touchdowns, and they're beating you 28 to seven. You know, then you, you, you had San Francisco, who, on the other hand, would put up 31 points and Jerry Rice had 10 catches or 14 catches for 200 yards. I was at the game the night that Bavaro 
and the um, the Bavaro game and versus the 49ers when it was Niners and Giants. That was a classic game on Monday night. Just a classic ball game. Um, those were great offenses. Uh, great old lines, but you got to remember something back in the day. You could keep your team together because there was really no free agency. I think it's harder to keep your team together today. You see, those, those teams had had didn't have to deal with salary caps. Okay. They didn't have to deal with free agency the way it was played out. So now keeping those teams together. Um, okay. Okay. That's that to me, that it's, it's a little bit difficult today. It was just starting at that. Yeah. It was just, that was just getting around to that. All right. Let me get to, here are the odds before we get to, here are the people in Atlantic city and the odds Atlantic city and also in Vegas for the MVP. And I'll just do top five here. Brock Purdy at five, 12 to one. Jalen hurts at four, 11 to one. Josh Allen, third, nine to one. Patrick Mahomes, second, four to one. Tua Tugavaiola, 13 to four. He is the runaway favorite to win the most valuable player right now in the NFL. I've never seen anything like this since Kurt Warner. I think we should run more since no one can stop it. Okay, Drew. But once again, Drew, it's like having great offense in the regular season in baseball. But once you get to the postseason, what wins World Series? Pitching. Pitching. You got, you, you, you've got to have a passing game. You don't have the passing game. Um, so I've probably since Kurt Warner. That's the best. Mike McDaniel is a weird dude. He is a weird dude. Doesn't he have like a Hello Kitty like backpack that he shows up to like the dolphin, drives a Tesla, right? He's really kind of a weird guy. And he's, I mean, you see him running on the field when they tried to put a mic. I mean, he's really an odd guy. However, I like the guy. I'm, I, 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 I'm drawn to the guy. There's something about him. He's kind of like a weird dude. And I mean, and, and, and Sean McDermott came out this morning. He goes, when you put the Miami Dolphins tape in right now and you put the tape in and you see what they're doing in their passing schemes and in their route running and what they're doing in running the ball, he goes, it's revolutionary. And I, I'm not, I'm not with hyperbole on this. He says it's revolutionary. I've never seen anything like it. Why does it fall on more Jalen or Johnson on the lack of passing offense? Is it play calling or defense have wanted to take away from us? Philly, I'll get to that. Side note, my fiance guessed your physical appearance. Just by listening to your voice, she was spot on. Love your show as much as I love her. 
Thomas, thank you. <laughs> so what, she thinks I look like Tony Soprano? Okay. That's what Tone says. Look like a mafia Don. All right. <laughs> okay, well, there's a re- Hey, I'm, just tell your girl I'm not a half a sandwich kind of guy. Just so you know. Okay. Um, why do, here, here's why it falls on Hertz because Hertz puts it on him. So let me ask you this. You guys are in here defending Jalen. Do you think Jalen Hurts, if he heard me talking, would think my criticism was fair? Do you think Jalen would think my criticism was fair of him if he heard me talking right now? On how he sees his performance in the first three games. He would. So, Crow's under the impression that he thinks Jalen thinks that he's playing well. Interesting. So, you think Jalen lies to himself? Bear says that he would think I was being unfair. How do you think Jalen Hurts looks at his performance so far through the first three games? Like Kroll? Good. Great. How do you think he does? You think he looks at it through you're defending him? Hertz would look at my opinion of him right now and go like this. He's right. You're the only ones that wouldn't. You know why? Because Hertz holds himself to a higher standard than 62.5 QBR. One touchdown and two picks. Well, the other guy dropped a touchdown. That's irrelevant. What it should have could have. He has a higher standard. And 50 million reasons that there's more pressure on him this year. Do you know what the money did? Some guys put the money in their wallet and like buying expensive things. You know what the money means to Jalen? More responsibility. You guys are looking at it wrong with the money. He's not looking at the money and going, I'm rich. Now I can fall back on my wallet. He has more responsibility now. Jalen Hurts can't have bad games. Just like Patrick Mahomes can't have bad games. Hey, I thought Patrick Mahomes got nailed to nailed to Arrowhead Stadium out front after his performance against the Lions. You know why? He's the highest paid guy in the league. Okay. Nobody has tested your theory. Try to try to stop the run, and we will see if we have a passing attack. New England stopped your run game. Had a chance to win it, actually. New England stopped your run game. And you had you 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 had a receiver bitching on the sidelines. 
about missed opportunities. I don't know. Top 10 quarterbacks in National Football League. David Hill is going to join us soon. Creator of Fox Sports. One of the most influential television executives in sports history. You would put him in the conversation with Rune Arledge. Jalen would agree with you and most likely the hardest person on himself. Right. Jalen would probably tell you guys, I'm not being hard enough. Coaches don't. Players like that. Dude, he, he would look at what I'm saying going, I got to be even better. You're the only ones that have this snowflake mentality that if you think somebody's being critical of somebody, you're hating on them. I don't know Jalen Hurts to hate him. It, it's laughable. It's totally laughable. I can't believe you're talking about me like that. I can't believe you're talking about my guy like that. It's, la- it's laughable. It's totally laughable. I can't believe it. You're a hater. Silly. Oh, you, look like you're the biggest hater, Sills. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on for a second here. Hold on, hold on, hold on for a second. Hold on. Let's see. <laughs> You're the biggest hater I've ever seen. <laughs> Never seen such a hater. <laughs> Must be Democrats. I am not going there. My aunt tells me I'm not going nowhere near that. Hearst would call you rat poison, just saying. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You, you can't believe how much he says such bad things about my guy, even though he picked our team to go to the Super Bowl last year, and he's picked us to go to the NFC title game this year. I just don't know. Why does he hate us? <laughs> oh, my <on>. on. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, Silio's meltdown is complete. <laughs> oh, man. Totally cringe moment. You guys are soft as tissue paper. Holy cow. Get a backbone. Stop being so mean. Crazy. Unbelievable. I got to tell you guys something here. I, um, so Jacob Bowman, who's now an executive at Fox goes, wait a minute, you're getting David Hill on. I go, well, you got to remember something about David Hill. David flies all over the world. You got to catch him between stops in England and Paris and France. Uh, you know, he, he could be anywhere in the world. And when I'm like this, I go, so, David, you got the, hey, you know, what are we going to talk about here? And I'm like, wait a minute. It's the 30th anniversary of the NFL on Fox. Maybe the most significant thing in how sports broadcasting in the NFL has ever happened. This is the dude. He changed the way NFL coverage is. You imagine going to John Madden and doing this. 
Hey, John, I want you to leave CBS. You mean the Tiffany Network? Yeah, I want you to come to work where Bart Simpson works. Come again? Let's bring David Hill in here. He joins us here now. Am I right, David? I mean, I'd love to have been in the room with you when you went, hey, John, I want you to come to work at Fox, and I want you to take all your CBS guys with you and come start a brand new way of how to do football. Well, it was uh, – well, good afternoon, Dan. Good afternoon, to you, David. Wonderful. Um, hang on. Wait, wait. Just... Um, yeah, well, it was, it was 30 years ago. It was, it was a long time ago. Um, it was probably one of the most um, – uh, like I, first of all, I never, ever thought. I was, I was in London. I was running Fox Sports, and, and that had been – that had been quite a, uh, a battle to get up and running, uh, but we got that up and running. We got uh, then we started the EPL, um, and then out of the blue, uh, Mr. Murdoch said that he was going to try and get the NFL, and <laughs> I said, "Oh yeah, right, yeah right, yeah okay, sure, okay," uh, and and uh, uh, he went ahead and did it with uh, with the help of Chase Carey and. Um, it was it was probably one of the most um, uh, incredible moments I've ever had. So, like, I didn't think I was going to be I was didn't think I was going to have anything to do with it. It was like I'd been brought across, and uh, we'd done a pitch uh, down in in uh, Dallas at the Cowboys to Jerry Jones and uh, Paul Tagliabue and and whatever. And I went back to to, to London, and everyone said, "So, how'd it go?" <laughs> CBS is never going to let it go. Come on, CNFC. Um, and and it happened. So I got a phone call and suddenly found myself in Los Angeles with six months to set it up. So it was uh, it was an interesting. It was an inter- You know what the Chinese say? It, it's it's one of the worst curses. Is may you live in interesting times. I spent six months living in interesting times. Absolutely. So so David, when I tell you it's the thirtieth anniversary of the NFL on Fox. What's the first thing that crosses your mind? Terror. You hear terror. that? Sheer, unadulterated terror. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me tell you a story. I, I had only ever seen one NFL game live. My wife, Joan, is from Nebraska, and we we're in London, and she said, let's go and watch some American football. And this is when they would have preseason games at, at I think it was at Wembley. So it was, I remember the Saints were playing. And so we go out and I said, so what do I watch? Like I'd played rugby all my life. And, and she said, you see that guy there? You just watch the quarterback. That's all you got to watch. I said, oh, okay. And uh, so, so, so there I was kind of like in the States, six months. I, I, I remember vividly when I arrived, I got uh, an IBM Selectric typewriter um, a yellow legal pad and two HB pencils that weren't sharpened. I had to sharpen them myself and uh, had to get things up and running in six months. So it was, uh, it was a bit of a wild ride, as you can imagine. Absolutely, man. I mean, David, when you hear this, that it is the number one rated NFL show, and it's been that way since pretty much its inception. Day one. I mean, that just shows you the, how many, how many television shows, David, Last 30 years, number one. 
Well, it's it's the guys. It was like I got really lucky. Let me tell you the story about Terry Bradshaw. And Terry really was with all the incredible talent that's that that has been at Fox Sports and is going through Fox Sports. That that to me, Terry Bradshaw was perfect. It was that that when I arrived, I see I'm 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 not a real sports fan at all. Um, there was I think Sean McDonough's dad said this David Hill doesn't know if a football's puffed or stuffed. And it was absolutely right. I did not have a clue. Um, but I, I knew that we would be judged on what we did rather than the game itself. And we'd been fortunate enough to get Pat and John. So we knew that that was in good hands. And Bob Stanner was producing and uh, 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 what's his name? Grossman was directing. So that was Andy Grossman. Andy was was. So that was kind of like. You know, that's triple A, that's top shelf, that's terrific. But but the, the the most telling thing for me was I think that January issue, January 93 issue of Sports Illustrated had NFL on the front and it said no fun league. And and I've always seen sports as the world's greatest entertainment. And so I'm trying to figure out, I knew I wanted someone on a, I, I just didn't want to put a bunch of guys down. They had to have a reason why they were there. Same as any television show needs to have an, inherent reason and I wanted a guy from offense a guy from defense and a coach and so of course the only thing I was told by the executives who were then at Fox was do not hire Terry Bradshaw because I wouldn't know Terry Bradshaw if he stood up my cornflakes and um, so by a sheer fluke I'm watching the CBS pregame show for the NFC championship and the, and I knew Greg Gumbel because I'd seen Greg and, and thought he was terrific and and then there's this guy with him and I think oh He's pretty good. But then there was a moment. He got up, walked across the studio, and started using his telestrator. And it wasn't a walk. It was this confident stride. And I thought, that's it. That's the guy I want. Then I found out he was a, a mortal quarterback and da-da-da. So that gave me offense. And so the whole thing was built around Terry. And when you look at Terry, Terry has got an incredible sense of humor, an incredible sense of timing, an incredible knowledge. Most importantly, an incredible communicative skill and, and a self-deprecating sense of humor. So that, that, that when those three came together, which like Howie Long straight off the field, number 75 from the Raiders, and then Jerry Jones did me the greatest favor in the world by firing Jimmy Johnson. <laughs> and, and Ed Gorin, who I'd hired from CBS, um, knew Jimmy very well. So as soon as that happened, Ed's on a plane down to, to Dallas, talked to, to Jimmy, bang, and away it went. And Scotty Ackerson put it all together, and there it was. We had some brilliant guys working behind the scenes that made it all come together, especially Bill Richards, who's doing it now. So it, it, it was... it was the, the key thing when I look back on those days was, A, I'd done it. I'd started three sports divisions before, one in Australia and two in Britain. And, and what that teaches you is what not to do. In any startup, what inevitably scuppers a startup is doing things that they shouldn't be doing at the beginning of the business. And I knew what had to be done and what had not to be done. And so it was the, the fact was that I never got a chance to second guess myself. So it had to be bang, 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 make the decision, move on, whatever. So it was, it, it went with a rush, even to the extent of the music, you know, da-da-da, da-da-da, where that came from, that came from um, 
like it was all these little things that happened uh, that, that Scotty Schreer and, and this brilliant guy called George Greenberg, who I'd hired from ABC. So it was all these incredible talents behind the scenes that were kind of lifting that the, the, the Terry Howie and Jimmy show. And at that stage with J- JB, who then took up to CBS. David, do you agree that you never invest in the widget, you invest in people? So you may not have known football, but you knew people and you knew because you, it's funny. I never realized this about you that, you know, you said, I've really never seen an NFL game. So it must be when you're putting these things together to gravitate audience and to get viewers and to have people interested in like the NFL on Fox or anything that you've ever been in. It's about the people, isn't it? And how you see that, because if you don't, the widget is great. You can have the widget. You can have all that. It could be a great product. But if you don't have the people pushing the widget, you're never going to go anywhere. Well, it's it's like it, television is television. And I'm not a great lover of sports, but I'm a great lover of television. And I, just because I didn't know football, like I didn't know how to make films, yet I produced the Oscars. I didn't know how to drive a Formula One car. I've just come off producing Formula One. I didn't know how to sing, but, but I produced three years of American Idol. I didn't, I didn't know how to be an explorer, but I, 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 I ran National Geographic for a few years. So it's, it's all about television. And what is the essence of television? The essence of television is a human being speaking to a human being. And when we're doing sports broadcasting, we are going back thousands of years into a cave somewhere where Ugg is talking about the other, another guy who killed a brontosaurus, right? So we're telling tales of heroes. So it's a human being talking to human, human beings talking to human beings, or you hope, not chatbots or killer robots. Um, and, and that's what you need to do. So I've been working in television. I started working newspapers at 17, started working television when I was 19. So I've, it's, it's like I am, I am a child of television. I'm totally useless at virtually anything else. No, make that anything else. Totally. <laughs> David, do you realize, though, on how the NFL is being covered today, the impact that you had 30 years ago on how you see all the things throughout all the networks now? You know, I mean, everything that you see now is what you guys formulated because everybody's copycatted. They always say the NFL is a copycat league. I think sometimes broadcasting is, too, and they've taken just your thought on how you impacted on how the NFL is covered today. Well, it's it's kind of like when I when I take on any sport, and I've done I've produced a lot of sports. I always go back to its history. How did it start? And I'm always fascinated. If you go back to the 1880s, 1890s, when professional sport really started, when money was so tight, and what made uh, a laborer give up a nickel or a dime or a penny? to watch someone else play sports. What was about it? What? And, and to me, it was always that the average height of population back then was about 5'5", five, 5'4", five, 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 five. But the athletes were about the same size, 6'1". Six six so they're looking up. So I brought all the cameras down as much as I could so that if you look at the NFL coverage today, it's a ground coverage. And it's showing the, 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 it, it's showing the physicality of the players. Um, the other tricks and bobs we did, the score in the corner, which I dreamed up in England, um, and, and when we, when we introduced it here. I got five death threats in Texas. 
you're a foreigner, you're screwing with football. We know where you live. We're going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to America. Yeah. What? Um, Death threats because you're changing the coverage of the NFL. That means you know you're doing it right, David. Well, I tell you what, if you reckon that was bad, you should have heard what what I cop when I made the puck glow with the NHL and what I was getting. (laughs) (laughs) My God. there was, it was it was it was a classic. I, I wish I'd, I'd I it was I think there was a cartoon in the uh, Toronto uh, Globe and Mail and it and it they were every everyone in Canada was somehow incensed that I'd made the puck glow. The the ratings doubled during that period, which will tell you something. And then they when when Espen got it, we lost it, and there's no blowing puck. They went back down. But but the Globe and Mail published. <laughs> A set of glasses and said, "Memo, David Hill, this is all you need to watch hockey." <laughs> I love that. Couple last questions for you, David. Do you like the NFL on today's show today? Do, do I like the NFL now? No. Do you like the NF? Uh, do you like the NFL on Fox today? Oh, yeah, I love it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. I I think that. Um, I think um, the addition of Michael was was kind of like um, that really rejuvenated the show. It was it was getting bit bit stayed, and then Michael Strahan is such an incredible personality and such a, a consummate professional broadcaster that that he he actually elevated the guy. And what he did, it's interesting because those guys are so competitive it, it, that lifted them because Michael came in and he's set the bar here and they've all got up to it. Yeah, no, I do very much. Bill Richards is producing it. Um, there's some like that, that, that clip on, uh, on Sunday's show with, with Derek Jeter and Patrick Mahone, I thought was absolutely brilliantly done. Um, no, I love it. And I love what they've done to the studio and they've opened it up with Gary Hartley's design that set. And, uh, I think what Eric Shanks has done is kind of like lifted the whole thing. Um, I always think when I leave a place, the guy coming by me says, oh, thank God he's gone. It's like taking a bag of cement off my shoulders. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Again, streaming. How important do you think streaming is going to be um, in the world of sports, especially the National Football League, as we move forward? Because I still think people trying to figure out how to monetize it, David. And also how to um, produce because the NFL is making a big play now into streaming. How how important do you think that's going to be for the future of broadcasting in sports? Like the entire media landscape changed in 2012, uh, and and I firmly believe, just looking at what's going on, that since 2012, when which as you know was when social media really got its claws into 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 the world that we are now like 12, 13 years into a new media era. And I think that that we are dictated to by the populace now, that the things have shifted. It used to be the God programmer, the Brandon Tartikoff would set the schedule and you watched it, et cetera, et cetera. That's changed now. It's like you want to watch when you want to watch whatever. I think NFL is the last standout that at one o'clock and three and four o'clock on a Sunday and then Monday and Sunday nights. Um, I, I think that streaming is, is the way to go. I, it will ultimately happen. It, it has to look, look, look what um, 
it's done to the economics of the broadcast networks. Yeah. It's they can. I don't think they can no longer afford the the. the where the price is going to be for the NFL. Just think about it. In 1993, the NFL, the top-ranked football show, I think, was about ranked number 22 in in the um, television shows that American watch. Today, of the top 100 shows, like 80 are football games. So the the, the NFL is is the most potent, and, and it is a huge credit to Paul Tagliabue, who realized back in 1998 that the NFL wasn't a sports organization. It was a media company. And they have, like with people like Howard Katz and Stevie Bornstein, what they've done to, to, to football the way we take it. And the trick was Paul Tagliabue did the first ever survey of what the American football fan really thought of. And he found out that only 2% of Americans had ever been to see a live NFL game. That's right. How can that be? And he explained it. So therefore, America gets its football fix through what? Television. So therefore, Paul made that mental shift, which changed the entire thinking of the National Football League. And we can see the benefits and the results today. Finally here, um, are you retired? (laughs) (laughs) No. I mean... I, I, I can't think a dude like you is ever retired, aren't you? There's no way, David, you have a finish line. I tell these people like you and the great people that, that have been in broadcasting, Rune Arledge, all you. Rune Arledge told me years ago, I go, so are you ever happy? He goes, no, I don't have a finish line. So and, I can't think you have a finish line. Well, like Rune Arledge has been my hero since 1977. Like I have probably never made a, a production decision about thinking how would Rune Arledge handle that? Like he is, he is our Mount Rushmore. He is kind of like born there. And the rest of us that have come behind him, we're just footnotes. But, but why should you retire? What am I going to do? I like, I, I realize I'm never going to win the US Open. So I've given golf away. That's like, whatever. Um, I've just, I've just. Or the Grand Prix of Monaco. I would say that too. That's got to be one of your favorites. Yeah, it was, it was that, but I thought that was going to be my, uh, my, that I'm going to do the, the Vegas race if they'll still have me, but then I'm finished with formula one at the end of this year. Um, I'm doing bits and pieces. I've got a little, little uh, media company tech company that, that we're working on some things which are interesting, but there's always, there's always a phone call. Would you like to do so-and-so? And I've been dead lucky. I've got, you know, I've been to, done so many things in the last what eight, nine years that have all come out of a phone call. Would you like to? And you go, well, either, yeah, that sounds really cool. So why retire, for God's sake? <laughs> why retire? And wait, what's the next big thing in your life when you die? <laughs> <laughs> but David, I, I can't thank you enough, man. You're a legend, Dan. Uh, oh, yeah, right. Johnson loves you to death. I mean, he said this, he goes, there's only one good thing about David not being around anymore. And I said, what's that? He goes, well, I can't do a remote shows with David around. I get to do them. <laughs> I get to do them now because David was totally against me doing remote shows. They let me do remote shows now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Things change. Things change. <laughs> Thank you, David. For the better, probably for the better. Thank you so much, David. I appreciate it. All right, man.
See you later. Yeah, the legendary David Hill, the man who created and founded the NFL on Fox. Absolutely awesome. He is the Rune Arledge of today. That's Rune Arledge. How you see your NFL today is because of him. You will never see that guy on another show. He doesn't do them. He created your Sunday football watching. That's who that guy is. Hit the like button. Keep it here on National Football Show. Hooters, the perfect pair. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. Heading down the shore. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Top 10 NFL QBs. Hit the like button. How you doing? Mm -mm. Some of you uneducated people out there, one day you'll have an understanding of who we know here and what we know here. And a guy like that is one of the biggest people in broadcasting history. Hey, man, who's the third whiteout in Philly? I love it. I do. It's all good, man. 
It's all good. I'm here to educate you to the best of my ability. Some of you, there's just no hope. Okay? <laughs> there's just no hope. But hey, that's all good. I got a degree. Yeah, you got a degree. Fantastic. Norwalk Community College at night. It's all good. They all, hey, it's all the same to me too. It's all good, Ray. Ray's got a cooking degree. <laughs> all good. He's a culinary. <laughs> uh, I don't give a shit there, Ben. It's all good then. You don't have to be here. <laughs> here are the big sales. Top 10 NFL quarterbacks going into week four. How you doing? Number 10. Think the guy's turning the corner. How you doing? By the way, some shocking names are not on this list. Number 10. There's, oh, did I just say that? Some shocking names are not on this list. Who will it be? You! Mm. I got Deshaun Watson at number 10, Cleveland. Browns. Number nine. Top 10 NFL QBs power rankings. For week three, moving into week four. Gino. Smith. Seattle Seahawks. Number eight, man who has 939 yards, 75% completion percentage, six touchdowns and no picks. It ain't him. It's a shitty coach. Justin Herbert. Number seven, Lamar. Jackson, Baltimore, Ravens. Number six, as we move up the top 10 Big Sills quarterback list. Number six, Jared Goff. Detroit Lions. Now we move into the top five. Here are the top five. As we move up, and here's Deshaun Watson, 10. Geno Smith, 9. Justin Herbert, 
eight. Lamar Jackson, seven. Jared Goff, number six. Number five. The man from the city of brotherly love, Jalen Hurts, number five. Number four, Josh Allen, Buffalo Bills. Number three, Brock Purdy and the San Francisco 49ers. Number two, Patrick Mahomes. And the number one quarterback after week three of the National Football League in the Big Seals Power Rankings, Tua, Tug of Viola. If you'll notice, there's no Dak or Joe Burrow or Trevor Lawrence on this list. And quite frankly, I don't really think Hurts has played that well, but you got to get love for being 3-0. and So I got him five. But he's not playing better than Allen, Purdy, Mahomes, or Tua. He's not. Is he playing better than golf? Probably. Lamar? I think so. Herbert? Statistically, no. But winning has to overcome some of that 939. He's not turned the ball over. Jalen's got three of them. Gino, outside of week one. Deshaun, 10. Can't leave Hurts off the list when he's 3-0. and I don't think Joe, I thought Joe Burrow was okay last night. Like, watch this. Did Hey, would this be fair to say? Did Joe Burrow have a better game than Jalen Hurts last night? And, man, I don't know. I mean, I think he made a couple good throws, but do you really think Joe Burrow was, like, spectacular last night? I'm not just going to put Joe Burrow's name on a power list just because Joe Burrow is the highest-paid guy or second-highest-paid guy in the league. I'm not doing that. Okay? I mean, I'm, that's that's you got to play, son. You're a 50-some-odd million-dollar guy. You can't look like you have. So you don't get that. You don't get that latitude. And Dak can't lose to the Cardinals. And me go like this. Well, Dak's a top 10 quarter. Who in their right mind would say that? That Dak looks like a top 10 quarterback right now after losing to the Arizona Cardinals. I think Stafford's wobbled a little bit real. I think one week he looks, I mean, I didn't think Stafford looked good last night. I don't know. I mean, okay. Hertz is looking okay. And he's 3 0. Look, look, look. Here, here's the one thing you got to look at with him. You know, Sills, okay, maybe he's not playing his best ball, Jalen Hurts. But he's figuring out a way to win. Dude, there's got to be a comment in there where that has to. You know, it's funny. Of all the statistical things, there's no column for that, is there? Hey, okay, you're right. <laughs> 
he ain't playing great, but he's winning. Where's that column? I guess it's the one loss column. Isn't it funny when you're talking about individual conversations about quarterbacks, that's never put in the equation. That's like, you always leave that out here. But what I don't like is some Eagle fans use that equation for Hertz, but not for Garoppolo or anyone else. That's a winner too. I mean, you pick and choose. You can't. If you're going to use that metric, you use it for everyone. You got to, well, Garoppolo is more accomplished in the postseason than your guy hurts, and most of you don't want to face that. So you'll move the sticks on it, and you'll have a different metric. Is he one of the elite guys? I wouldn't say so, but he's sure elite in the postseason. How is Jimmy G with the Raiders? That's not what I said. I said in the postseason, he's 5-2 and two in the postseason, and he's got just as many Super Bowl appearances as you. Where do you have the metric? He's better. And he's won a ton of games. Where, 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 where are you moving the metric now? Yeah, Jimmy stinks. And yet he's won 49 and 18. He's 49 and 18. He stinks and he's 5. Jimmy Garoppolo is 49... In 19, he is 5-2 and two in the postseason. He's got an NFC championship like your guy, but he stinks and your guy's great. Okay. Must be a different conversation for that guy versus your guy. You just don't want to put him in the category Garoppolo. I get it. I wouldn't either. I, I, I wouldn't either. He stinks now? Well, your guy ain't playing great either. How you doing? Joe Theismann tomorrow. The Commandos and Josh Harris's team is this week. I'll never call them the Commanders. I think it's a joke name. They're the Commandos. How you doing? It's Joe Theismann. We will talk with him. Appreciate everybody coming aboard. Thank you so much. We so appreciate it. Please hit the like button. By the way, Xander, Big Joe, we thank you, Joe. Great conversation today. I thank you very much. My boy, Tone, he absolutely kills it all the time. I'll tell you what, too, man. He keeps it straight, too. He's like, come on now, Sills. The 3-0, dog. <laughs> hey, you're just talking shit here. We 3-0, okay? You can talk all the shit you want about your boys and nine. We're 3-0. Cowboys losing. The- hey, Sills. This is, I can feel it. Tone doesn't say this, but I can feel it. Hey, Sills, don't let them drop a game to New England. (laughs) Hey, after Arizona just took them to task, I don't think that's out of the realm, man. And don't be walking in here next week going, hey, what happened to your boys? They got ran over by New England. I love our relationship. Thank you so much, Tone. Three to six tomorrow, and we shall catch you on the flip side. Football and Hooters, the perfect pair. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.